Around Comics, Episode 24. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, a weekly roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime and the producer of the show, Brian Salazar. Hello. And back from a business trip to Whereabouts Unknown is our Around Comics regular, Mr. Tom Caters. It was New York City! And our guest today is the, is the artist of the soon-to-be re-released Athena Voltaire. He is Steve Bryant. Hi, I'm calling from Parts Unknown. <laughs> I, you're, you, you live in Illinois. We know where you're from. I'm the midway between uh, Chicago and St. Louis. You know what they call that? God's country. <laughs> or right, the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so are you a Cards fan or a Cub fan or a Sox fan? Or you hate baseball altogether? Actually, um, I'm the, uh, the voting equivalent of a straight-ticket voter. It's all Chicago stuff, but I really can't root for Dusty Baker because the guy's such an ass. <laughs> um, However you answer that question, you're not going to win because you basically have a Cub fan, a Sox fan, and a Cardinals fan on this side of the, of the panel. <laughs> I'm not a Cubs fan. There's no Cub fans here. Yeah. No? Hey. No Cub? Oh, oh Mark. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I got a couple quick reminders for everyone. Around Comics is recorded every Friday from 7 to 9 at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please come by and introduce yourself. We would love to meet you. Dark Tower is now offering a 20% discount on purchases made during our show recordings. Just mention around comics when you check out and receive 20% off your purchase. It's that easy. Our June contest is in full swing. This month, write a, com- write a comics or a round comics themed haiku and email it to info at aroundcomics.com. Remember to include your name and city or country of residence. Uh, this month's contest winner will receive a trade paperback uh, currently in print, $24.95 or less. Uh, our forum at Around Comics is growing every day and has been a lot of fun. We found out that some people have had a few problems registering. If that is the case, just email Sal at info at aroundcomics.com and he will get you taken care of. Uh, if you enjoy Around Comics, please drop by the iTunes Music Store and write us a review. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, a lot of podcasts ask you to vote at Podcast Alley every month. We would just like you to write one quick review and be done with it. All right, that's uh, all of our front-end announcements there. On to this week's topic, we are putting away the paper and long boxes and breaking out the laptops and external hard drives. That's right, we're talking about web comics. You can find them in just about any format and for just about any reader. Web comics are becoming a bigger part of the comic scene every day. Our guest Steve Bryant's comic, Athena Voltaire, started out as a webcomic. So we'll start with you, Steve. Why did you guys decide to launch Athena Voltaire as a webcomic as opposed to a traditional paper comic? Well, before I answer that, can I, can I read a haiku? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> are, you, are you officially entering the contest? Um, no, I'm officially uh, doing shameless self-promotion. Oh, okay. he's got, he, he has an Athena Voltaire haiku prepared. All right, let's hear it. Let's do it. Athena Voltaire, coming soon from Ape Comics. Buy it in August. <laughs> that was <Very> shameless. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Very nice. The whole time you were doing the, the pre-show stuff, I'm sitting there counting off on my fingers. That's pretty pathetic. <laughs> so was Tom as you were reading it. <laughs> He's like just one, to two, make two, sure uh, it was valid. Uh, you know? So my, my entry is official, right? That's right. Yeah, okay. it's, well, yeah it's not going to win, though. It. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You, 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 you got no chance. It Let's didn't. It didn't have anything it about monkeys. Athena Voltaire. That's five. Okay. Okay. That's now I'll, I'll stop distracting us. I'll try to be a responsible. All right. Panel Web, member thing. Web comics. Why? Why did you guys go that route? Um, back when we uh, were shopping the book around, you know, the pitch. Uh, this would have been 2001, 2002. There really weren't a whole lot of outlets for creator-owned stuff. Um, Wildstorm was doing creator-owned stuff, but you had to be a name creator, and uh, that pretty much left Image, and I don't think we were quite ready at that time, so we, we got rejected from Image, and uh, we had heard of a, of a startup called AdventureStrips.com, which was run by uh, a subscription service called ModernTales.com, and we submitted, and they liked us, so we just kind of dove right in feet first, and Tried to uh, beat the bushes for as much, uh, you know, publicity as we could, you know, contacting reviewers, sending them links, all that stuff, and uh, tried to build something around it uh, from that angle. Were you guys fans of webcomics before you decided to go that route, or is it just it, it just ended up being the, the best way for you guys to get Athena out there? Um, I really wasn't familiar at all with them at the time. Um, the only thing that I was familiar with was Steve Connolly with Astounding Space Thrill, which also uh, really briefly was on Adventure Strips when we were. And, uh, you know, I'd seen how he had kind of transitioned from, from web to print. I think initially he was um, self-publishing, and then I know he went with the image, I think, around 2000. Uh, so that, that was kind of a template for us. Well, do you, do you see more more creators that are looking at web comics as a way to get into the industry without investing a tremendous amount of capital to, to get a, a paper book up and running? I think it's a, a viable alternative, but I don't know how many people are really exploring it um, just because The whole, the whole thing of, of having to research who's publishing, you know, web comics and stuff like that. Um, I don't know how many people are actually trying to float their creator-owned stuff out there on it. I, I, obviously, I, I'm an advocate of it because it, it worked pretty well for us. Well, it, it, it seems that there are there are a few web comics that are starting to make the transition uh, over. You know, obviously, you guys and then what? Uh, PVP? Did PVP. That, yeah. um, Any arcade? Um, what's that? Uh, Penny Arcade. Penny Arcade. Yeah. Um, Mega Tokyo, I think, is yeah. from somebody. Um, yeah, Mega Tokyo still. And you're seeing more oh. and more. It, were Were you from the beginning? Once you decided to go uh, to to a web comic, was it always with the plan of eventually uh, printing a comic after that? I mean, was that your goal at that point, or was that something secondary? It was always the goal. Uh, when we went to Adventure Strips, it was. Uh, it, it was kind of tightly formatted. Uh, all the, uh, the comics had to be in a horizontal strip format, which um, I, I, I always knew that if we were to, to go, when we were to go to print, uh, you'd have to turn the book on its side and stuff like that. Um, and by the, 
by the time we were about two or three episodes into our second story arc, um, Adventure, Adventure Strips was, was dying, and we were going to move over to the main Modern Tales site where they didn't have those restrictions. So at that point, we actually thought about switching to the vertical format for our second arc. But my whole thought at the time was that if we were to print the first arc, you know, it was only 32 pages. That's not enough for a trade. So, you know, that, that was the whole motivation for, for finishing up on the uh, horizontal format was trying to think about packaging it um, for print. And so we wanted to have at least, you know, 80-some pages of material well, that's, so that, that we could eventually do a trade. That's one of the things that I'm seeing. You know, I... I I have admittedly never been really exposed to to web comics. I've never really, you know, I, I love comics. I use the internet all the time, and and shame on me, I haven't really got into them. So th this last week or two, I started reading, you know, a lot of the suggestions off the forums, and it seems that there are a couple different types of web comics. There are people that do web comics. That's why they're there. That's their passion, and that's how they prefer. For their for their creations to to get out to the general public, but then you can tell that there are people doing web comics because they want to get picked up by a publisher. And yeah, do you guys feel those those two different types of creators out there? Well, I think certainly you have you have that line where it's you know, and I think it's part of maybe a problem with web comics is that. It gives the ability, you know. I, I, there was a there was a lot a lot of people complaining when like print on demand first came around because you had this huge flood of of independent comics and a lot of it wasn't very good. You had some stuff that came out of that that was good, but a lot of it was because it just gave the ability for more people to produce work. Um, and the same thing with web, even more so with web comics, anybody can you know easily put up a web comic. It doesn't. Have to have like any any, quality. Any, anybody can yeah, do a, any, uh, a podcast. Yeah, any idiot, <laughs> any idiot can do a podcast. And uh. <clears throat> but <laughs> and, and so I think you have that. You know, you have those different classifications of people. You know, people that are definitely looking for uh, the future and and from wanting to you know print something. And then you have people that are just doing it for the fun of it or for whatever reason. All right. Well, we did have some people chime in on the forum this week, um, and it 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 was like fifty fifty. It was a lot of people like like paper cut that says, uh, "I have to admit that this is an area of comicdom that I think I'm severely lacking." Uh, he did mention that uh, that he reads PVP online and Nordwick, and very periodically Penny Arcade and Mega Tokyo. So I think that's one of the one of the fan points of view that. I don't necessarily know if the majority of comic book fans translate over into webcomic fans. And that's just, you know, once again, one of the things that, I, that I've seen in the last couple of weeks is that I think that webcomic fans are almost, almost a different well, it's breed almost, of fans. It's almost like uh, comic strip, you know, people that read comic strips in the newspaper are more, you know, likely probably to read a webcomic than your average comic book fan just because it's, it's sort of set up a little better... For that type of thing, it's a, it's a lot easier to, to read a horizontal strip of five panels than a you know 22 page you know full full page story on your computer. It's you know it's the same old axed you know to, that you have to deal with. But I think that's slowly changing. Steve, did you ever? I mean, when you when you guys were doing you know the web comic, did you ever face any sort of 
uh, wall with that type of thing of of convincing people that you you know that you could read this comic online that it was the quality that you would see in a in a published book. We were the duckbill platypus um, <laughs> because uh, the webcomic people they really do have their own. I, I'm talking like they're you know some you know those people. Um, <laughs> from M.H. Ross Perot. Um, but you know they really do have their own. Uh, it's like a know, culture. Kind of culture yeah. to where I, I equate them a lot with manga people, to where um, those freaks. <laughs> no, I they they just kind of grew up not really reading print comics. A lot of them have grown up reading web comics, and some of our print sensibilities. Uh, I, I think adventure uh, comics have a hard time anyway in in the web comic world. But I think some of our print comic sensibilities were uh, not to their liking, and I think some of the print people, you know, didn't want to read a comic online. Uh, I mean, the, the most recurring comment from people about, about web comics uh, was, well, I can't read it in the bathroom. <laughs> and if, if that's they don't have criteria, laptops. Well, you know, if that's, if that's your whole criteria on comics, then I'm not sure I want to borrow anything from you. Because um, I don't know where it's been. I don't know if, you know what your hygiene habits are. Um, but, yeah, it does seem like there is a real disconnect between the, the print people and, and the web people. Did you guys get any backlash whenever you went to, to a, a paper comic from any people in the web comic community that said, oh, you're selling out, you know, it's, what, why, are you, why are you doing that? You know, you're abandoning the web comic community. No, I, I, I don't think we were ever part of the webcomic community. Um, I, I talked with uh, uh, Gary uh, from Penny Arcade. Um, he's a really nice guy. And, uh, you know, those guys are, are, are entrenched in that, in that culture, and I, I just don't think we were ever part of it. So I don't think we could be sellouts because we were never part of the club. Um, I think we got a bigger backlash when we were nominated for an Eisner because <laughs> we bet. weren't an actual, you know, we weren't, we, we didn't have our street cred. So, so the record would skip when you would walk into the, you know, into the online, the webcomic parties. Here come the around. Eisner guys, those assholes. <laughs> yeah, that, that was us. And then the manga people are having a party next door. <laughs> Big eyes. Big eyes. <laughs> Well, I, I got dizzy every time I walked into the manga party because all those damn speed lines. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's everyone's so intense. They were all kung fu fighting. Nice. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a, a post from David Price, one of our, our favorite listeners and sometimes uh, contributors. It says uh, not all these are updated daily, and I may not stop by every day, but some that I frequent uh, are Girls with Slingshots, which I, I've read, and that that is a really fun strip. Uh, Chugworth Academy, which he says is not for kids. Uh, User friendly comic strip, Fox Fox Trot. Uh, and then he says, uh, any of them at the drop-down menu at comics.com. So those are a couple. We'll just, you know, sprinkle these in. And, uh, and Sal and I talked <laughs> about it today. We're going to add a 
in our links category on the website, we're going to add some web comics in. And I've been charged with writing up descriptions and sending him URLs. But if there are any creators out there that do a web comic, then please send us uh, your information and a link to your web comic, and we would be more than happy to uh, to link it at the site. And uh, um, Sal, you want to tell them about uh, our new web comic? Actually, sure. <laughs> this we, is yeah, awesome. We, actually, we love it. We actually now have a uh, a web comic on the site, uh, courtesy of one of our listeners, Brian uh, Bowles. Yeah. He uh, is a, a longtime listener and a fan of the show, and he uh, offered to uh, draw a, a strip comic for us every week um, inspired by that show. So he's done the last three episodes. He, um, he's done one for each of them, and they're, and they're really hilarious. And you can go to aroundcomics.com, click on the episode, and see each episode has its own one there. Or, or there's also a... Um, a section on the site under episodes called LOL. It's called the Lo- the Long, Long Box, Box of, of Love. Love. And is they're the, funny. The t- yeah, they oh, are funny. Brian Brian's done a great job awesome. on it, and um, it's really funny stuff. So it's really cool of him to to offer to do that for us. Belly yeah. laughs. Yes. Belly, big, big. <laughs> Not safe for people allergic to big old belly laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> so we we are digging on that. Uh, you know, there's something I, I did want to bring up. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with a web community web comic community called activate um they're they're a group of comic creators and i don't have the information in front of me because i'm terrible at research but uh they are have done stuff in the regular print comic world and they decided to get together and create sort of a studio of web comics work and um they created a it's like a live journal uh page and there's six or eight different strips on there, and, and just about every week or two they put up new stuff. And there's one in particular, and I wish I could think of the creator's name, but I can't. I know Dean Haspiel. The, the, that's, on there. Yeah, Dean uh, Haspiel. And his comic, his webcomic, Immortal, is just great stuff. And um, they're just doing it because they want to you know, produce work. And I, I, like I said, I think most of them on there in some level or another are all professionals or have been, you know, in, in the publishing world. Um, but this is just something they've, they've decided to, to get together and, and produce uh, webcomics for. So, um, gosh, I'm really unprepared because I wish I could even tell you the URL. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's activate.com, but I'm not even sure. Um, I'll, we'll, we'll link to it on, on the website. Well, there, there are some amazing <laughs> works that I found this week. Um, uh, speaking of Brian Bowles a second ago, uh, he says, I have to admit that I don't read many webcomics, even though he's actually doing one now. Um, he says, uh, I did fall in love with uh, Derek Kirk Kim's work through his webcomic, Same Difference. And uh, that's located at uh, uh, lowbright.com. And I took a look at it, and it's just one of these really good slice of life comics it's i think he actually releases a panel a day and the it's now like like 50 panels wide and you actually have to scroll you know horizontally across the screen and it builds a panel at a time and it's basically just a story of a um uh a a teacher uh, i think a college teacher 
getting up in the morning and going outside and talking to people and it's just interesting conversation so does it play to the funky winker bean crowd yes 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 (laughs) funky (laughs) winker bean i have no idea what he just said but i said yes because it sounds Sounds about right it's a printed it's a printed comic strip well what what i thought not to go back to something and rehash it too much but what I wanted to say about that activate, what I thought was interesting, is this is people that are used to working in the print world and crossing over to the webcomic world, um, which I just find interesting that they'd be wanting to do that. But I think it's just they, they're wanting to produce work and they can't always find an avenue for different types of stories or different types of work that they want to do. And, and they figure, you know, at least get the, the work out there. And that And we talked about that before was, you know, I didn't understand a lot of these independent guys that are so afraid of getting their work out there and letting somebody see it. They create a book and they work on it and they spend money on publishing it themselves and go to cons, try and sell it. And I think most, you know, for the most of them, their goal is to try and break into the industry with that work. I mean, you get some, you know, publishing something, but why not, you know, why not put something online that, you don't have to worry about trying to sell. You're not investing very much money in it, and getting your name out there that way, to me, seems you know like like Steve's done, where they created a you know something that they created a name and a brand that now they they're able to go well, and, and e- even in the previews, uh, Steve, how instrumental has the internet been in keeping you know that that flame alive for Athena? Because you guys. You guys have gone through a, a hell of a roller coaster ride, and the internet has really been there to, to help keep that ship afloat. Well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, when the web comic was going on, we always were able to, uh, uh, you know, send URLs to, to uh, reviewers. Um, I think we went through practically every reviewer at Sequential Tart for like two years there, and uh, you know, obviously with the, the whole speakeasy debacle, we were able to. Uh, you know, kind of keep it alive just by, um, you know, posting and saying we're still out here and, you know, the, the webcomic is, <laughs> the strips are, are still in reruns or whatever. Speakeasy. Um, I'm, I'm not familiar with what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody oh. wants to forget you, that. You, you ever think that Speakeasy, that, that those guys, you know, God, God bless their souls, that, uh, that they wish that they had gotten this much publicity before they tanked, because everyone talks about Speakeasy now. Well, yeah, I mean, I, they've they've kind of replaced CrossGen in our, in our lexicon as you know the too much too soon uh, term. It, it seems like we do uh, at least one news story a week about a book that was at Speakeasy that has been picked up by you know either Marcosia or Ape or, or one of those and. Uh, it's it just we're constantly saying uh, speakeasy in, you know, in our we're, news. We're always talking about that in the support group. As <laughs> <laughs> you hold each other and cry. Yeah, well, pretty much. You know, it's it's kind of like you know AA buddies or, or Weight Watchers buddies. You know, we call each other. My name is Steve Bryant, and I was on Speakeasy. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, w- I want to point out one thing when you're talking about creating a brand online, uh, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Um, the, to me, one of the interesting phenomena that um, I don't know that we're, we've seen yet how it's going to play out, but things like Phil Foglio's Girl Genius, uh, Bat and Lash with Supernatural Crime, and uh, Finder from Car- Carlos Steve McNeil have all gone from uh, doing floppies to now publishing online 
and I know in the case of, of uh, Finder that when Carla gets enough for a trade out, that's what she's going to do. So instead of um, you know always printing the 24-page uh, comic and trying to sell those at cons and then trying to sell the trades, the trades were more profitable for her. She can you know use the uh, the floppies as giveaways or whatever you know the existing backstock as giveaways at cons, but use her. Uh, I don't know if she's putting up a page a week or a month or a day or what, but, you know, that's a way for her to keep uh, generating interest. And when she hits, you know, 80 or 96 or 120 pages, uh, she's going to collect them. You know, I, it, it's I real. Really is. It's interesting to think about that because, you know, we are developing into a wait for the trade uh, consumer market. You know, I do it. Tom does it. I know Sal does it. We don't do it on everything. We don't buy just trades, but there are a lot of titles that it's like, eh, you know, American Virgin, I'm going to wait for the trade on that. Do you see a, a, a future point in comics where even Marvel and DC may release monthly titles as web comics and then sell them as trades? I'm, I'm not talking next year or five years or ten years, but 15 years down the line, do you see that as maybe a possibility? Well, I, I think you've got to consider it as a possibility. Um, I don't know about you guys, but like Five years ago, I couldn't conceive of a time where I wouldn't be buying CDs. And yet now, for the most part, I mostly just go to the iTunes store and download stuff. Sure. Um, and I think as a, as a society, we're getting a lot more used to paying for semi-ephemeral uh, entertainment. Hey, hey, don't use big words like that. We're not well, that well, we, can, we can edit that out. I am Matt Fraction, and this is uh, Around Comics, and it's a podcast that you listen to on your pod, and it's casted to your pod, and you can listen to it, and it's sweet. And I, I love it, and I love you. Well, I think it's just a natural progression. I mean, I think, you know, we've seen comics as they are uh, in this format for so long, but at some point, there's going to have to be a change because the world around comics are changing, and it's becoming more of an electronic format in every medium. I mean, you see it in films where people don't, you know, the, the movie industry is, is hurting to some degree. Theater owners are hurting because more, more and more people wait for it to come out on DVD. Uh, you know, it, you see it in, in music, obviously, uh, with iTunes and, and everybody's iPod. And, and I think it's just a, a natural thing. I think the only thing slowing it down is the, the, the accessibility of reading it online a lot of people i myself included i find it difficult sometimes to read a comic online for whatever reason it's not i mean a lot of times it's it's just the the texture of having it in my hands and, well, and holding a comic but sometimes it's just the actual experience of trying to concentrate on a, a screen and I, there's just I look, at, there I look that, at I look at a computer mm -hmm. screen all damn day. It, it, that's long. another yeah. That's an, uh, another well, thing. Uh, we uh, Matt Fraction was kind enough to send us a PDF preview of Five Fifths of Science, and Sal and I both agreed. We got a couple pages into it, and we both stopped. And this was you know independent of each other. And it's like you know I'm, I'm going to wait till I get this before I read it. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that I did. It's it's different. I mean Steve. Would you rather have people reading Athena Voltaire on a computer screen or picking up that picking up that comic? Oh, for for me, there, there's no doubt about it. It's it's picking up the comics. But by the same token, I and I think you hit upon why um, adventure content uh, content doesn't do quite as well as gag stuff because it does hurt your eyes after a while. Um, 
you know, to, to keep staring at the screen, especially if, you know, you have it densely plotted, um, you know. Storyline. I mean, if you, uh, something like, uh, you know, like your book, it, it's a serial uh, episode or episodic storyline, and it's something you're going to continue to, to, to have to follow along with. I can't imagine reading like Grant Morrison in a webcomic. <laughs> <laughs> three panels a day. <laughs> three panels reading at a time. Reading well, three panels a day. I mean, <laughs> it's it's really a testament, you know, to, to, to your work that you were, you know, you kind of set yourself up almost to fail. You, you Not only were you taking something and putting it in a different medium, you were taking, you know, a very difficult storyline to try and get people hooked on, and yet you were successful in doing it, so... I think it's funny because uh, when you mentioned earlier that you weren't really part of the webcomic community, uh, I noticed in a lot of the webcomics I looked at that I had a really hard time reading ones that weren't funny. Like, I, even when I was a kid, I remember when they used to have the Phantom Strip in my local paper, mm -hmm. and I never understood who could read it because, like, it'd be one panel of, like, someone going, oh, you went into the jungle, and then the next well, panel... Well, the, the Spider-Man strip. Yeah, Did, did mean, everyone here read the Spider-Man comic strip? I remember seeing it, and I... It, I mean, it's just... I was raised in a time where that sort of storytelling just didn't work, you know? Like, it's not easy for someone who's raised reading things a certain way or watching certain styles of entertainment then to read a three-panel, you know, story, you know, over over time, you know, like, it's not easy to read The Phantom then. Well, I mean, do you guys, uh, Steve, are there any, you know, and, and I, meant, I mentioned one a couple minutes ago that was a slice of life, and um, do you guys find that, that webcomic, that that medium really lends itself to humor, the, the three or five panel or one panel humor strip, and are, are those the ones that are really the most successful out there? I, I think for the most part, yeah, because you've got you know, PVP and, and Penny Arcade. And, um, I mean, those guys were able to, to make a living off webcomics, which, you know, most people don't. And I think part of it is um, frequency that they're updated. You, you do a gag strip every day. Um, now, granted, you've you got to think of a joke every day, but the drawing time, I, I and I hope this doesn't sound insulting, but I, I don't think the drawing time is comparable to what we were spending on a page of, of the Athena Voltaire stuff. Well, that you know, that's certainly the truth, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying about you know it being, you know, uh, there's a flood of of I don't want to say bad web comics, but there's just a lot of stuff out there that isn't necessarily developed all that well. Uh, the art isn't necessarily good, and and that's okay because well, you're not paying some of for it. it. I tell you, there's well, some there, of it no, that's no, absolutely I, gorgeous. But I'm just saying, but in relationship to what you would see on a comic book stand. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, any most publishers have a certain status, mm -hmm. you know, a, a, a certain level of, you know, polished work that they're going to only publish to give it the best chance of succeeding. Where on a web, you know, on the web, like I said, anybody can do a webcomic. Anybody can do a podcast, as you can tell from <laughs> listening to us. But, but it, I think it also works in favor of the medium as a whole. And this is something I, I think it was Warren Ellis was talking about in one of his, either on his website, was that the, the web is sort of the new breeding ground for talent because it allows you the ability to experiment without having to invest the money mm -hmm. in printing. And, and, and the, I was going to ask you that, Steve. Did you find that it gave you the freedom to try things you maybe wouldn't do if you were paying to have something published as opposed to you know, publishing a, a webcomic, 
did, did that give you any freedom to try and experiment and, and go outside of what you maybe would have done otherwise? Um, well, yeah. I mean, when we were originally uh, talking about doing, um, you know, Athena as a comic, originally my thought was uh, it, it would be a black and white book. Um, you know, I, uh, when I was first starting on it, Whiteout had just come out. And I thought, you know, we'll just do color covers and pitch it to Oni, and we'll be all set. <laughs> and uh, when nobody bid on it, and uh, I saw how Chad Fiddler was coloring it, when we made, you know, the move toward the web, we kind of committed to color, which if I, if I were going to self-publish, there's no way I'd do a color book. It's just too damn expensive. So I, I think right there, um, the flexibility of the web, yeah, you have no budget in terms of four-color process versus uh, a black-and-white book. Well, do you see, you know, I, I think we've all seen a trend in the last, you know, easily 20 years that independent comics have become really a training ground for mainstream comics, that the mainstream companies are really mining the, the independent scene for, you know, artists and writers. Do you see web comics in, and, and once again, I know that there are people that do web comics, that's what they want to do, and they bring it to a very high art form, but do you see web comics as an entry into the independent scene and then maybe into the mainstream, or even web comics as a jump straight to uh, Marvel or DC or Image? I'm not really sure if, if they've been going on long enough to, to be able to track that kind of thing. Um, I'd like to be mined. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood, maybe? Mine away. Um, you know, something like that would be great. Um, we I don't know that really there have been a lot of people that have done it. I know that... Uh, uh, is his name Kazoo? The guy that did um, Copper, which was also nominated for an Eisner. Uh, he was the guy behind the, the Flight Anthology. So you know, it was certainly a jump for him. Um, we we actually had a had a question on the on the forum, and and I uh, I don't have it with me, but the gist of it was it was paper cut, one of our one of our best posters, and uh, he said something along the lines of he has figured out your evil plan that that the web comic was never really your your end game was never to uh, to be a mainstream book. You're actually just holding out for the movie deal. Well, we we uh, actually. If, if you want me to get like totally off topic, um, go for we it. We got our first film rights inquiry about three years ago. Wow, that was uh, that was pre Speakeasy. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. Well, the did, guy's not at the company anymore. God, I gotta write it. I gotta write a comic book. Did Did, did you listen to last <laughs> week's episode whenever we were talking about movies? Um, I did, but I I'm coming up at a loss for. Well, I, I know that that Dave Wachter views it as selling out. Oh well, yeah. I'm trying to give him. I'm trying to give him some grief. He, he views anything that isn't like written on the thinnest paper and printed. <laughs> no, and he charcoal, doesn't. Charcoal and anything with superheroes. He, it has to be sad people. Sad he, people. Sad people. <laughs> he he views it as selling out because he hasn't sold out yet, and he'll tell you he'll yeah. tell you straight to your face that if somebody throws a pile of I'll money, I'll buy him, the rights to scar tissue for. $50. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we're, you know, it's, of beer. they're, they're, I, they're throwing options out there towards, you know, pretty much anything and everything. But did you guys feel like, like the interest that you guys got was a real and, and valid offer? Um, it wasn't quite an offer. It was someone that was, okay. 
here's the whole story. I'm not going to say who it is, but it's... Um, it was Tom. It, well, it's one of my all-time favorite action movie directors, his production Ooh. company. And he's no longer... You can figure this out. Um, <laughs> he's no longer doing concepts that are generated externally. And he's king of the something or other. But anyway... Um, king of the is that, what? Is that, is that enough clues? Okay, anyway... Uh, We're kind of slow, man. I don't know. <laughs> what? It's not in a comic, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, I, I get a, uh, an email, and the guy... You know, in the subject line, it says film rights inquiry. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be like a student film or something. And uh, so I start reading, and it says, Dear Steve, my name is blank blank. I'm a de- I'll say who it was. I'm a development executive at James Cameron's Lightstorm Entertainment. Okay, that's right. Um, Wait, who? Oh, King of the World. I <laughs> oh, I got it now. Um, Athena Voltaire became geez, Titanic. I'm dumb. <laughs> well, and I mean, at the time we were pitching the book, we were saying... Uh, it was Indiana Jones starring a, a James Cameron style female pilot. So uh, he had, you know, been exposed to the uh, the web comic um, at one point or another, and was asking about the film rights. And obviously nothing came of it, but it was that inquiry that was able to get me um, representation. So you know, we're we're reps by Ken Levin who. Uh, handled Neil Gaiman in the uh, Todd, Todd McFarlane Neil Gaiman suit. So, you know, I, I have no complaints about being on the web because, yeah, it it, it got us seen by someone and it, it got us a lawyer that, you know, believes in the property. Well, I'm I'm hoping that maybe around comics will get optioned for a film version. <laughs> we'll play you. I, I'm thinking Tom, uh, uh, Emmanuel Lewis Emmanuel as Tom. Lewis. I'm thinking the guy, if the guy who played Jaws in the Bond movies is still alive. Which <laughs> no, I, I think he passed away. I think you need an animatronic monkey. An animatronic. <laughs> all I know is it better be Isai Morales for me, baby. That's all I want. <laughs> oh, hey, if, and then like whoever is your caller for it. Can be the guy that did the voice for uh, for Charlie from Charlie's Angels. It was uh, uh, <laughs> the guy from Bosley. He'll Bosley? voice me. He'll voice you know Matt, Matt Fraction. He'll voice Rick Remender. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Who was uh, no? It was the guy from uh, uh, Dynasty. Uh, was the voice of Charlie? JR. I'm drawing the line. I'm not calling you guys angels. Oh, oh. we'll be your angels anytime. For your son. All right, <laughs> guys. Um, Number one, because we, we really are not experts on webcomics, um, I, I do want to read over... Once a co- again, speak for yourself. Yeah, you listen here, pal. I'm an expert um, on everything. I, I want to throw out a couple more. Um, uh, Flint Lockjaw, uh, one of our, our good guys, who, who I think is actually doing a webcomic now. Flint yeah, is? he's doing it for uh, Kevin Volo at Pixel Strips. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's uh, uh, Steve. Um, I won't even say his last name, even though I think it's out there. But but Steve uh, said that Realm of Atland is uh, is really good. I checked it out. Very funny, uh, kind of uh, just back uh, medieval times, swords and mm, riding around swords with horses. And sorcerers. I don't uh, know. That doesn't sound very. And, good. and also, gonna, uh, Atland is done by Nate Picos, who's the guy that's behind Blambot. And, and you say that you're not into web comics. Good lord, listen to you. He wants to get into the party. They yeah. just won't let him in. <laughs> He's so an I just Eisner. really like Nate Picos's work. See, and, and and it's because of the whole Eisner thing. He thinks that they're all pissed off. You know who else is doing a web comic? I think is uh, uh, our own Dave Wachter. I believe is going to is is working on one with um, 
Um, I don't know. I don't want to say necessarily because mm-hmm. they haven't really announced it yet. <laughs> yeah, you're putting it together. Oh, yeah, with, uh, he, he, with, 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 with Pat. With Pat. Uh, yeah. Pat and uh, based on some of Pat's hilarious stories. Well, one other that I want to say is butternut squash. Go to butternutsquash.com. It's awesome. I <laughs> that that's one where the art is comparable with anything on the shelves. I really like that. Sal, you got uh, Apple is Geeks. Publishing butternut squash to bring this all around full circle. The, uh, is it be, has it been picked up? Is it being published? No, it's going to be published in print by none, none other than Ape? Comics. Good for them. Um, <laughs> the uh, the update, the last update on Butternut Squash on the website was that they were taking the rest of the summer off. I think they're going to be up at Mocha tomorrow, uh, which is is this weekend. Uh, and whenever you listen, it will be the previous weekend. So um, that is awesome because that is a really good strip. I I, I spent about 20 minutes looking at butternut uh, today over lunch. So butternut. Yeah. The uh, one one I really like that and was actually one of the first web comics that I ever um, read is called Apple Geeks and it's Apple. I think it's AppleGeeks.com or AppleGeeks.net. And it's gorgeous. It's and a it, gorgeous it, it, comic. It was, it's two guys in college, two college roommates. They started it and they're like, it, it has it. It, it's not necessarily any genre. It's just sort of their own stories. But they get into science fiction and superheroes and all the stuff that they like using themselves as the characters. And it is beautiful. Some of the best web art, you know, web comic art yeah, that I've seen. Gorgeous. The coloring is fantastic, and it's really funny. And and I think they are getting published, or they they've been working on publishing a a, a book of all their stuff. And it's it's really good stuff. Yeah, um, like I said a little earlier, we're going to start building some links to some web comics. It's something that I want to start learning and and exploring. You know, this is by by no means expert sitting on the panel telling everyone about great web comics. Our fan, our 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 panel did a great job, or our panel, our forum did a great job of posting tons of great web comics. So if you want to find some really cool ones, go to the episode twenty four thread at aroundcomics.com's uh, forum, and there's some really good stuff to check out there. Um, that's that's pretty much all I have. Uh, oh, one, one other thing. I think that you are going to see more and more comic companies using webcomics through their homepages. We did a story a couple weeks ago that Boom is doing nitroglycerin is their uh, web comic. Is their web comic at their homepage? Mm-hmm. I think you're going to start seeing more of this from, especially the smaller independent guys. And it won't take long before Marvel and and DC are are really jumping on the web comic um, tip. So, uh, you guys, uh, some final thoughts. We'll we'll uh, go ahead. Um, Tom, uh, any thoughts on web comics? <clears throat> um, I had not looked at web comics beforehand, and I looked at about half of the ones online that people had posted and I found them really interesting because I guess kind of differing from other um, other opinions I don't really mind amateurish art because it's free and sometimes I think it's pretty funny and I think it's also a pretty liberating thing for the art form that someone can put something out that doesn't have to match like some expectations because no one's paying for it and most of them are, most of the comedy ones are funnier than Garfield, which is <laughs> the standard by which I hold all, no, all humor. <laughs> so there weren't three panels in a row of someone watching TV, and then on the last one they said, I hate Mondays. But so. I love lasagna. Yeah, true. Well, so, you, you, yeah. Are, you are a huge comic 
fan, yeah. as far as, as comedy fan. Yeah. And I mean, you said before that writing humor is is the hardest genre to, to write. And so you have to you have to really respect a lot of the stuff that you're seeing. To come up with a joke every day. Yeah. And you'll fail. I mean, there's ones I read that weren't funny, but to you know fit a joke, get a good joke, three you know panel joke, is probably you know it's hard. I wouldn't be able to do it. I don't think. Oh yes, you could. Unless it, I would have to be swear words or penis jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Almost exclusively. That's what the strip will be called. Swear, swear words, words curse and, and penis nuts. jokes. Curse and nuts. nuts. New band. Swear words and penis jokes. <laughs> We're playing down at Double Door this weekend. Curse and nuts. Hey, Steve knows the Double Door. Dude, when are you going to move to Chicago um, so we can actually, hang? I lived there for about six or seven years. Uh, my ex-wife got transferred down here with State Farm, so we moved down here. And uh, I'm now divorced, and I can't be away from my kids, so i got to stay down here. Mm. I refuse to be away from him. So. Well, good man. I'm Bre- stuck in the middle of nowhere. Well, that's it. But but you will come up and visit. Well, I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. But you, you gotta know, come, you gotta come up to Chi Town a little more. You know, for like five grand, I got a guy that could take care of that problem <laughs> for you. You know what I mean? I'm in. <laughs> pulls out the Berwyn accent, uh, Mr. Salazar. Why don't you give us some uh, final thoughts on web comics? Final thoughts. Um, I think you know, like I said, I, I think it. There's. There's so much out there, it's hard to get a grasp on, you know, what's good or what's bad. So, you know, like going to forums and, and word of mouth, and that, I think that's the only way to really find what, you, you know, stuff that you might like. But it's also good because it does give the opportunity for anyone that wants to communicate or tell a story or just tell a joke or whatever they want to do, show their art. It's so easy and cheap and, you know, anybody can do it, it, it that, like Tom said, it's it's liberating for the art form because it allows so much experimentation and you know in standard comics in paper comics you're not seeing that much even in independent comics there's a certain formula and a lot of people are trying to sell stuff or or make a name for themselves and they follow a certain pattern Mm -hmm. you're not seeing a ton of really experimental stuff or out of the box kind of comics so it gives that format the ability, you know, to do that and and people to to try and so I hope hopefully people will take advantage. Doesn't of Doesn't have to be, you know, pitched and no one has to say yes. You can put this on the web. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, just it it's it it allows everyone to have their own voice, I guess. Yeah, God, if we had had to pitch around comics and forget it, oh you know, God, we never would have. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Bryant, as you're our uh, you're our, our resident web comic expert, we'll call you today. Uh, why don't you uh, throw some uh, final thoughts our way? I feel like Jerry Springer, care <laughs> of yourselves and each other. No, that's <laughs> a final thought, isn't it? Um, no, uh, something you touched on. Uh, I think it was Chris um, about Marvel and DC utilizing web comics a bit. Um, I would personally. And this just comes from the background that, you know, I want to work in print. I'd like to see us be able to use them as a better marketing tool than we are. Um, like right now with, um, I hate to keep, you know, sounding like I'm, I'm plugging Athena Voltaire, but with ours, um, there's a, a syndication feature because we're part of something called Web Comics Nation, which uh, is um, a programming thing done by the publisher of Modern Tales, where you can syndicate the feature and it'll show up and automatically update on whatever site you're on. First of all, I think that's a great marketing tool. 
Um, and I, I think about, you know, if people can circulate the frickin' Numa Numa dance. Um, <laughs> the, a great untapped target for comics is the, the civilians who are bored in their, in their offices. Um, you, you may not be able to get a guy to go to a comic shop or... He, you know, you may not be able to get him to buy a copy of Kingdom Come, no matter how well painted it is, because it has somebody in in superhero outfit. He may not buy it in Barnes and Noble, but you know, if people will watch, will watch you know all kinds of stupid stuff on on the internet to avoid working. I think that's a great target. You know, you find somebody that that liked X3. It'd be cool if Marvel had you know uh, a weekly updated page-by-page-by-page comic on the X3 site. And at the bottom of it is a comic shop locator number. You know, stuff like that, Mm -hmm. where if you can use webcomics to teach, um, you know, the civilians how to to read a comic, I think that would be a great thing. Um, You know, our strip, if you know somebody that likes the the Indiana Jones stuff, send them a link. Um, Gary Schaliner, who did John Lost, you know, if you, if you know somebody that, that really likes noir stuff, send them a link. And just kind of use webcomics to work virally to, to infect the general populace and just get them used to the language of comics and eventually get them in the doors of a, of a shop. Yeah, you're right, because people will do anything to avoid working. And it's, yeah, it's I mean, perfect. my God, I'm just permanently logged into the uh, Comic Geek Speak Around Comics uh, message boards, and I'll, even if I'm not posting, I'll check them throughout the day because my job sucks so bad <laughs> you know and you know i check newsarama and all that stuff uh, regularly and i i think if you could find a way to introduce people that aren't into comics to the medium with you know linkage like that it's it's total guerrilla marketing but why the hell not you know absolutely and uh i'll uh move on to my you know quick final thoughts here i i, I see two two very different cultures. I see the mainstream comic book industry and readers, and I say mainstream is probably uh, not accurate. The traditional comic fans are using web comics to further their products, but then I also see a a totally different culture, and that is a web comic culture. And I think that, you know, they will be independent of each other, but I think that they're both very cool, and anything that, that moves forward the sequential art form I think is a good thing and I see web comics as as another arm on that on that tree of sequential art and I'm really looking forward to learning about it and and finding some some neat stuff I'm gonna add some to my daily list of, of bookmarks that I check on my browser whenever I get up in the morning so um, I'll update everyone on stuff that I find I'm I've found some neat stuff in the last couple of weeks and I'm really looking forward to to using web comics to to learn more about this medium that I love so um, that's my final thoughts um, uh, would like to thank Steve for uh, for being here on the panel to uh, help us walk through uh, the the very beginning of uh, of the path of web comics uh, I'm gonna warn everyone on our on our news today, it is like 10 minutes long, and it is a Wizard World Philadelphia wrap-up. <laughs> we have a bunch of other news stories that, that we'll catch up on next week, um, 
but there was so much stuff that came out of Wizard World Philadelphia. I started reading the recaps on Around Comics and the stories that Sal put up, and like each little snippet was its own huge story. So we've got seriously like 10 minutes, like five minutes each of Marvel and DC. So our news this week is going to be very big two oriented and it's going to be pretty much all of the major announcements at wizard world, Philadelphia. And we'll be back right after, uh, right after we play this to, uh, to talk about them. But man, that for, for not a huge show, there were, oh my God, there were tons of stories that came out of that. So anyway, uh, we're going to move over to the news desk. We're going to play our Wire to Wire comic news, and we will be right back to talk about it. These are your top headlines for the week of June 5th, 2006. Now for a wrap-up of the top headlines from Wizard World Philadelphia, starting off with the House of Ideas. Artist David Finch and writer Charlie Houston are planning to stay on Moon Knight for at least 12 issues, and Marvel will do what they can to keep Finch and Christos Gage on the book as long as possible. Also announced was a new Son of Satan book from Alexander Irvine and Russell Braun. Zombie, a new book from Marvel Max by Mike Raked and Kyle Holtz, was described by Mike as a bank robbery gone as wrong as it possibly can. The book is unrelated to the hit Marvel Zombies, although a sequel to that book is also in the works. Beyond, a miniseries by Dwayne McDuffie that looks suspiciously similar to Marvel's Secret Wars, the Marvel heroes find themselves in space, and who will make it back? A Black Cat and Wolverine team-up named Claws by Jimmy Palmiotti, Justin Gray, and Joseph Michael Listener has also been announced. Springing from a guest shot in Captain America, Union Jack will be appearing in his own limited series. Be on the lookout for a giant-sized Hulk one-shot from Peter David and Greg Pak. As has become the norm for Marvel Giant Size Book, this one will include reprint material, in this case, a classic Peter David Hulk story. As was the case last year, there will be Ultimate Annuals again. Ultimate Fantastic Four Annual will feature the return of Mole Man. Ultimate Spider-Man Annual will feature Daredevil, Punisher, and other Ultimate characters. And Ultimate's Annual will be a Captain America and Falcon story. There are no current plans for an Ultimate version of Bishop. However, Ultimate Cable will appear in Ultimate X-Men number 75. There are also no more ongoing Ultimate series planned, although the limited series will keep on coming. Just in time for the television series, there's a new Blade series by Mark Guggenheim. We'll see the Inhumans next in New Avengers during Civil War. This will lead into more Inhuman involvement in the Marvel Universe. According to Tom Brevard, the Cold War with the Inhumans is going to get a little hotter. The newly announced Ghost Rider series will feature the Johnny Blaze version of Ghost Rider. We'll see more Thor sooner than later. Fantastic Four number 538 is going to be a good place to look. Look for Ronan to play a bigger part in New Avengers number 26 and the post-Civil War Avengers. 
In regards to Astonishing X-Men, Joe Casada said that the Joss Whedon-John Cassidy series will continue to walk between the raindrops of what's going to be going on in the larger Marvel Universe. The series is in continuity, Casada reiterated, but as he sees it, it stands on its own, virtually its own little X-Men movie. Asked about the Ultimate Iron Man 2, Joe Casada said that it is still in the works and believes that writer Orson Scott Card has completed two issues of the five-issue miniseries. Marvel is waiting for Card's schedule to clear a little so he can complete the remaining three issues. Cable Deadpool will continue as a series, despite the fact that Cable will now be joining one of the core X-Men teams. Greg Land has been named as the artist on the October launch of Ultimate Power miniseries that has the Ultimate Universe meeting the world of J. Michael Straczynski's Supreme Power. Joe Casada confirmed that artist Ed McGinnis is now exclusive with Marvel, and he is working with Jeff Loeb on a project that will be announced shortly. The Doctor Strange miniseries by Brian K. Vaughn and Marcus Martin will launch in October. Speaking in regards to large crossover events, Joe Casada reiterated that following Civil War, there won't be any large-scale, line-wide crossovers on the same scale of what fans are seeing currently for a year or perhaps longer. Crossovers will still happen, Casada said, but there will be smaller in scale with family lines or slightly larger, but will not be universe-wide. Now here are some of the top DC stories and announcements from Wizard World Philadelphia. Dan DiDio announced that Manhunter has been given a five issue reprieve and will end at issue number 30 instead of 25. In talking about the new Batwoman, DiDio said that for now DC is working to make her a supporting member of the Bat family, but if fans want to see her in her own series or miniseries, they'll make that happen. A new 8-issue miniseries called Mystery in Space is set to hit shelves this September. The series is written by Jim Starlin with art by Shane Davis with a variant cover by Neil Adams. The series will feature the new Captain Comet with a backup story of The Weird featuring art by Starlin and Al Milgram. While Dan DiDio would not comment on who the next Flash is, or many other details of the new Flash series, he did mention that we will be seeing what happened to Superboy Prime while he was trapped in the Speed Force. Asked if the question will be getting his own series, writer Jeff Johns replied that he's in 52 at least twice a month. 52 has been written up to the issue of number 26, the halfway point of the series. He also confirmed that he will be returning to write JSA sometime next year. Although there will be a Titans East springing from the upcoming events in Teen Titans, he did not know whether they would be getting their own book. Wendy and Marvin will continue to appear sporadically in Teen Titans. Asked when Green Arrow would have a regular artist, DiDio confirmed that Scott McDaniel was on board for the long haul. Coming in August will be the new Justice League of America book by Brad Meltzer. Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman are the only announced members of the new team, and the first few issues will be a recruitment drive. JSA will be relaunched in October, written by Jeff Johns with Alex Ross Consulting. New characters will be introduced. Wonder Woman is also being relaunched, written by Alan Heinberg with art by Terry and Rachel Dotson.
The new Flash book will be written by Paul DeMeo and Tanny Bilson, who were previously involved with the Flash TV series, and it will be drawn by Ken Lashley. But we do not know who the Flash will be. Dan DiDio offered one statement. Barry Allen is not coming back. Move on. The Green Lantern Corps miniseries will be followed later this month by an ongoing series by Dave Gibbons, with art by Patrick Gleason and Prentice Rollins. Readers can sample six upcoming new books in the low-priced 80-page special Brave New World. The book will feature the new Adam, Martian Manhunter, Omac, Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters, and The Trials of Shazam. The books themselves all debut in July and August. The Adam will be a new character. The Martian Manhunter will be a changed character, as he will discover he may not be the last surviving Martian. Supergirl will continue to be a part of the Legion of Superheroes as long as sales warrant. Matt Wagner will follow his ultra-successful Batman and the Monster Men with another riff on an early Batman tale in Batman and the Mad Monk. Batman and Son by Grant Morrison and Andy Kubert spins out of the events in Batman, Son of the Demon, which not coincidentally will be reprinted. The story begins in Batman number 656 on sale in September. Brian K. Vaughn will pen Pride of Baghdad, a story about a family of lions that escaped from the Baghdad Zoo during the U.S.-led invasion, and it is due out in September. Regular DMZ artist Ricardo Buccelli is slowed down on the series recently due to an eye condition. As a result, series creator and writer Brian Wood will step in to draw an issue of the series, which will serve as a guide to DMZ. Following that, Wood's supermarket collaborator Christian Donaldson will join him on the series for an arc, which will most likely be followed by Buccelli's return to the series. In speaking on 100 Bullets and Why the Last Man, it was explained that the two series are planned to end with issues number 100 and number 60, respectively. Neither end number is set in stone, but both creators have previously expressed that that's where they plan to wrap up their acclaimed series. These have been your top stories for the week of June 5th, 2006. For the full version of these and other stories, please visit www.aroundcomics.com, your source for the best in comics news, reviews, and opinions. And those are your top headlines from Wizard World Philadelphia. Uh, we're going to start with Marvel. We're going to go back up to the top. Uh, this had already been reported that David Finch and Charlie Houston are going to stay on for 12 issues of Moon Knight. So, um, everyone happy about that? If you like it, it's awesome. I, I, I'm not that. I, that sounded like I didn't like it. <laughs> the, there's no, been so people complaining news. about it to some degree. Uh, the different complaints. I. I I've liked it. The only complaint I have about it is, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of Finch's art, but this stuff, it just seems like he's really going over the top with it, and it, it's bringing back sort of a, a Spawn-ish you know, vibe where it's just so over-rendered to some degree. Oh, I think it's great. I, it still looks <laughs> good, it. but it's yeah. just like sometimes it's a little too, too much. I mean, it's just like a little too much to... 
to handle in the you know. But you're gonna end up with free Moon Knight pogs. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I don't know. That's a joke for the people in the store. Yeah, but so. I like the book. I mean, I love the character Moon Knight, and I think you know people have been complaining because the story's sort of you know it's decompressed, decompressed and well, they don't know what's going on. It's called but, nuanced losers. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, I mean sorry. it's like you need everything spelled out for you, and and you can't have you know it's like just. Read it. I mean, you don't have. Do you have to know every single thing that's going it's on? It's going to unfold nicely. Right. And, Steve, you know. have you been reading Moon Knight? I haven't been picking them up, but I mean, that's the thing with uh, the. Uh, I, I hate it when people throw out the word decompress. You know, you just take a different approach, and if it's going to be unfolding over a, a period of time, great. Let's keep them on there as long as you can. You know, let them tell the story they have to tell. Uh, I'm going to jump over a uh, new Son of Satan book is coming out. And this is, I think, just in time they're doing a uh, – I, I listened to uh, Collected Comics Library uh, two episodes ago, and they're coming out with a Son of Satan Essentials. What, yeah. It's a different name, right? Uh, but, it, yeah, it's uh, – uh, I forget the name of it. Uh, listen, listen to Chris Marshall's podcast, Collected Comics Library, and he talks about it and, and all the issues. But it's like, you know – Tales of Horror or some... Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's very scary. Well, they, they didn't want to put Son of Satan on, on a book, but they're coming out with a new Son of Satan book. Son uh, of Satan. And this this one is done by Alexander Irvine and Russell Braun, mm-hmm. who I don't know. Yeah, I'm not familiar <laughs> with them at all. Anybody, Good luck. Anybody know their... <laughs> Good luck. Good luck to you, Good luck, two, you two gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, there's a new zombie book coming. Have we have we reached the the zombie? zombie yeah, it, it, point of no return. No, maximum. What do you, what do you call it? I, I'm waiting for like zombie vampires. You know, it's just undead, undead comic it's books. Just, it's like to the point where even if it's good, I don't even want to look at it because there's so like so many of them. It's like uh, it. You just get a saturation when, point. When is Althina Voltaire going to have zombies? Zombie, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, do skeleton warriors like Harryhausen looking ones count? Uh, yeah, but those dead. are cool, so that's all right. <laughs> okay. Z- zombie Nazis? Jesus, the ultimate zombie. <laughs> oh, oh, no. God. Well, send all your Christian <laughs> replies. I went to Catholic school for a long time. I I can call you have a lot of anger. Zombie, yeah. <laughs> well, Steve, I, I did pick up uh, an Ape Entertainment book this week, the uh, uh, Undead Task Force (UTF). That's uh, that's uh, an undead book. Yeah, uh, that's got your zombies right there. Yeah, so I yeah I'm getting through it. It's uh. I read like, the first half of it uh, a couple nights ago. I'm going to pick up, read the second I, half. I personally can't get enough of zombies. I love zombies. I've always loved zombie movies. The more zombies, the better. Uh, you know, my dream someday is that actual zombies will rise from the grave. <laughs> you got your kids And already. I'm set, man. I'm ready to go. I got a plan. Do you have the, um, the zombie survival have, guide book? Uh, no, I don't need it. I could have written that book. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know what to do with zombies. You got your zombies. kids already. Like, I'm, I got time's guns time and to head, ammo. And... Get to the car. <laughs> get the machete and the, the baseball bat. To go. Hey. Oh, admit it. Admit it. You just repackaged your Y2K survival kit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to do something with it. I mean, out of that water and canned beans. I mean, Duct tape. Duct tape. <laughs> uh, Flashlights. Beyond a miniseries from uh, Dwayne McDuffie. It, uh, I love in the in the release it says looks suspiciously similar to Marvel Secret Wars. Apparently, uh, a a bunch of Marvel heroes get uh, kidnapped into space, and it's all about who will make it back. Even though I think from the preview page I saw Gravity is yeah. in this. Yeah. So yeah. good good for Mike Norton. 
That's uh, as a co-creator. Of, yeah. I don't know if he's going to be involved in it. I don't think it. he's involved with it. But he, it's, he finally gets to see what it's like to have somebody take your creation and tear it to pieces. <laughs> maybe he'll get, maybe Gravity will get killed by a guy with a mullet. Anytime Dwayne McDuffie does comics, though, that to me that's yeah. a sign for celebration. Yeah, the 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 art I saw on it was was really nice. So. What was the last thing that he's done? I don't know. I know that uh, he wasn't he writing on Static Shock. Yeah. And uh, he was writing on Teen Titans, and I know he was the showrunner for the last season of JLU, uh, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 Okay. But it's been. I mean, he he has not been very prominent. So yeah, you're all right. It is good to see. Him get involved. Well, everyone sharpen your claws because Black Cat and Wolverine are teaming up for a miniseries. That's uh, I see Tom is just shaking with anticipation. Yeah, over here. Wolverine. <laughs> not, a, not enough Wolverine. Yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder if Kevin Smith is going to write it, and it will come out four issues over three hey, and a half hey. years. Leave uh, Kevin Smith alone. He's, oh. he's a filmmaker. He was doing us all a favor by writing <laughs> comics. Um, hey, uh, Sal is going to dig this. Uh, springing from a guest shot in Captain America, Union Jack is getting his own miniseries. Blimey! <laughs> Blimey! I love oh, that, Blue. He's oh. just... <laughs> Run by Mike Perkins. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike Perkins, the guy that's uh, alternating arcs with Steve Epting and Cap. Yeah, and he, he does... Uh, you know, when, when he like was doing stuff. this stuff... In Cap, it you know as much as I like Epting, and what he's done on that book, uh, I mean you didn't miss a beat with, with uh, Perkins. That whole series has just kicked ass yes, from beginning has. to to now. Perkins is fantastic. He was he was inking uh, Butch Geist on on Ruse, and then he was penciling uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang out of out of Crosshead before they faded. So yeah, he he's. He's terrific. Uh, next story, uh, there's going to be a giant-sized Hulk one-shot with uh, Peter David and Greg Pak. And um, with these giant-sized books that they're doing, are they are they basically reprints? Because that's what I'm getting out there's of like this. There's like a ton of... I, I saw people complain about the... Was it the Miss Marvel? Marvel one? Yeah. Where people... I, I don't really know if like the preview was misleading, but I know people were kind of taken aback by... How much reprint material was in there? That's a, there's a lot of reprint material in those. Yeah, and it's a little disappointing because they did such a nice job. Marvel did a nice job on like the Ultimate Annual stuff mm-hmm. yeah. and like Cap 65th Anniversary stuff. Yeah, and, you know those were really nice books. Uh, you know, extra stuff that wasn't there was maybe a little bit of reprint stuff in there, but you had some really good original material. The giant and, size really kind of feel like shelf filler. Well, I mean, you you saw it a lot in years past that. Anytime, I never even bought an annual because I knew it was nothing but garbage most of the time. You know, it's <laughs> that's what killed the annuals. But yeah. but the next story is something that's brought annuals back, and this has been a great year for annuals. Yeah. And they did announce that the Ultimate lines are going to have annuals. Uh, Fantastic okay. Four, uh, again, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, and uh, the Ultimates are all going to have annuals coming that's out cool. again. And I really really enjoyed the Ultimate annuals from last yeah. year. They're good. Uh, Although you could say that. Everything ultimate is a reprint to some degree. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, not always. Oh, that's that one's for you, ultimate haters. And another ultimate story is that uh, they have no current plans for an ultimate version of Bishop, which just really. <laughs> people clamoring for ultimate Bishop? I'm sure there were. I, um, someone. But, but, but Tom, they are going to have ultimate cable. Yes. Um. 
thank goodness. Will they have time to introduce the ultimate new mutants so that when Cable comes along and ruins it, that'll have some meaning? Sorry about that, all you Cable lovers. Is Mike Norton going to get paid if we get ultimate gravity? No, oh. of course he won't. And I don't know. What's his deal? Does he I, own that character? I don't know. I, I think he, I always I always see him credited as a co-creator of Gravity. So, you know, I, I really hope so. If he doesn't, we'll have him up to the shop and buy him a beer because he's a, a fellow Chicagoan. So. We're, we're not too far away from Ultimate Gravity, though. What, a year, two years? I could see it any time. Any time, any yeah. moment. It's... There'll be a woman, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Lesbian. <laughs> a le- lesbian. Good God. An Asian lesbian, Asian lesbian. woman. Yeah. Um, quadriplegic. Stop reading my pitch, Tom. <laughs> I'll give you a, next week it'll come out. Um, just in time for the television series, there's a new Blade series written by Mark Guggenheim. And I would have no idea who Mark Guggenheim is, except... He is for that museum of his. No. Oh. He's, uh, oh. he's writing uh, that's who's writing Wolverine yeah, with yeah. Uh, with Ramos. And yes. I tell you what, that Wolverine Humberto. is so good. So uh, this Guggenheim well, guy. Don't get out of control. It's only been one issue. It's got plenty so of time excited. to fail. Oh, it's gonna be so miserably. Um has has anybody seen the previews for the Blade TV show? Yeah. yeah. yeah with sticky yeah. fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, have you seen that? Oh, I saw the trailer on the uh, the Marvel Contest thing. It actually looks yeah. pretty good. See, I the it the Blade good. stuff always has been surprisingly good. You, you know, you didn't like see Blade movies. Three, did the Blade you? Blade Three was not. Oh good. god, that but was bad. But the first two were really like. First two were good. The first good. one especially was. Yeah. was oh, I love the second one. I love the second one. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. We um, uh, moving on here. Uh, the Inhumans are getting ready to play a much bigger role in the Marvel universe, and this is coming out of I, I believe the pages of Son of M. And uh, Black Bolt is pissed, and the Inhumans are going to be cropping up in New Avengers and some Civil War tie-ins. You can tell Black Bolt's pissed from his menacing glare. (laughs) He doesn't, you know. I mean, Inhumans may be some of the coolest underused characters in Marvel the last 15 years. They're hard to use, though. They're hard to, you know, I mean... I think what it requires, it, it requires a certain quality that I think from time to time... I know they used to appear a lot more in the Fantastic Four, and mm-hmm. I think they've always suffered from the fact that some of the same thing the Fantastic Four suffers for is you need someone with a really big sense of imagination to use those characters, and a really you gotta have sort of like a fearlessness to like throw them in, because they're kind of weird. They live on the blue area of the moon, or they lived in the mountains in a big dome. You know, like it required sort of like you just had to toss them in there and let it go, and I think. The same well, I think thing the Fantastic Four suffered from. I kinda. think part of the problem too is is that, and not to use a pun, but they're you know they are, you have a hard time relating God. to those characters because they're in, they're in human. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't mean it that. I mean I don't. Yeah, honestly, I know, I was seriously though, it's uh, you know it's like because you know it, it's sort of like the problem I always had with, um, with Thor once he was no longer. Um, Donald Blake. Donald Blake because mm-hmm. he was a god and and I had no way to relate to that character. Any longer. That was disappointed me. I mean, you, you 
Yeah, that was when I started relating to him. Oh, oh well. Oh, you know. wow. I have a very strong self-image. <laughs> Apparently. You're just staring in the mirror right it's now, just talking your... on the phone, like, flexing. <laughs> it's just your flowing blonde locks that, that does it. Um, go, Ghost, Ghost Rider is coming back, uh, and, okay. it's, and it's going to be the Johnny Blaze. So, Johnny Blaze fans rejoice. Uh, we just talked about Thor. Uh, Fantastic Four 538. Check it out. Looks like our favorite Asgardian is coming back. So. And maybe Donald Blake. And there is, yeah, look for Donald Blake to maybe be involved with that. For all you Donald Blake fans. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hey, he's my favorite limp, limping doctor. Uh-huh. Um, everyone's uh, least favorite hero, I think, <laughs> from Ronan. Um, one, one of the, in oh. my opinion, one of the worst reveals of the character <laughs> yeah. ever. Uh, it was a chick in a guy suit. Yeah, it was did, a did, did, suit. did you did did silly. you see it the... that way than the other way around? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, yeah, the the from one panel to the next loses forty pounds of muscle and like, then is just a very slim. It woman. went to her boobs. Yeah, apparently. Hello. I'm still pissed about that. Um, it's a comic book, dude. Relax. Yeah, I know. Oh, son of a. <laughs> Fan, God, fanboy I hate right. all comics. Um, <laughs> Let me see Destroy. here. Destroy. Oh, come on. Uh, cable Deadpool is going to continue, but Cable oh, is going to be coming to one of the core X teams. So, Tom cringes. Uh, sorry. Sorry, Cable lovers. Okay, here's something that's cool. Ed McGinnis has been signed to an exclusive that's with cool. Marvel, Ed and he's going to be working with Jeff, Jeff Loeb. Loeb. Yeah, that's cool. cool. Um, Doctor Strange miniseries by Brian K. Vaughn. That could be cool. Interesting. <laughs> Steve's like, I'm sold. I'm there. Yeah, well, Vaughn, pretty much anything he yeah. does. I mean, all right, I'm gonna throw one out there for uh, for Steve. What would you think <laughs> about Mike Mignola doing a Doctor Strange? I would buy Mike Mignola illustrating the phone book. <laughs> oh, but come on, Doc Strange, wouldn't that just be the perfect marriage in the Marvel universe? See, I'm I'm so torn because on the one level I would love to see that, but on the other level. I don't want to see him doing anything but Hellboy and Screw on Head. Yeah. <laughs> and Lobster Johnson. You know, just give me those. So, yeah, I would, I'd love to see him do Doc Strange, but... I'm with you, dude. I want more Lobster Johnson. I oh, need, yeah. you know... All right. Enough All of that. Right. What's next? Um, Green Arrow. No. Oh. Right. Um, um, Green Arrow's signing exclusive to Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Hawkeye pissed. <laughs> uh, That's what I want to see happen with that whole Superboy story. Is that you know the 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 uh, daughter or granddaughter or whoever's fighting for the oh, Jerry the sells yeah. <laughs> Jerry Se- yeah she sells it to Marvel. Would that, would that oh, be like man. the hugest story in comics? It's like Superboy. She owns Super- Superboy comes to Marvel. Yeah. Blow uh, everyone's that- mind. That would you would have oh god the internet would crack in half <laughs> literally. Um, uh, Manhunter Man has been given a uh, five issue reprieve. It will go to issue number thirty instead of twenty five. That is a series that I have not read that keeps getting suggested to me. So I am guilty of uh, apathy. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But I, I hear it's really good. Yeah, it's kind of cool that it's gotten an extra five issues mm-hmm. you know you don't often it'll be like spider girl it'll actually it'll end up at like issue <laughs> 100 you're at issue 100 yeah <laughs> um okay this is a story that we actually cut for time's sake out of the main story and that is the new batwoman <laughs> and uh dc is really pretty in your face about getting diverse they're adding more yeah. ethnicities oh. they 
baloney. Oh, come on. I, they're not doing this to be diverse. They're oh, doing it. Bull crap. To, oh, come on. You see that first cover page? It's it's just a giant ass shot of Batwoman. Wait, okay. oh, wait. They're wait. really taking they're really taking a, a you know respectful. Hey, guys, okay. You know. No, I, I'm not talking about just Batwoman. You have to look at Blue Beetle is a young Mexican kid. They've got this uh, the, the Chinese the, the, the Chinese team that Grant Morrison made that looks amazing just based on their names alone. It's, I can't remember any names. There's a thing on Newsarama. I was looking at it and I was like, yeah, this is a Grant Morrison obviously invented the Firestorm. I mean, yeah. it's it's I'm all for diversity in comics, but it is so plain <laughs> that that DC's like, well, I, I think that we need a young Asian hero. You know, we don't have enough lesbians. What's what's oh, Batwoman. What's what's bring I her? just think it all depends on how you do it and yeah. I just think that they've, you know, I just think it's I mean, I don't know how you do it right exactly. How do you introduce a you know a gay character? And I don't know. Gradually, I mean, I just think it's, well, I think but it's, it's just like that first cover I see, and it's just you know her in black you know leather with her ass hanging out, and it's uh, just like see, okay, that's not gonna piss off. Too I many am people. so offended by the thought that anyone would ever use sex to sell comic books. <laughs> it just shocks me that. Well, no, I'm not offended by it at all. No, it's just I'm sort just of saying, blatant, you know. Yeah. Right? But it's it is what it is. I mean, Steve, Steve is is Athena straight though, right? Right. Okay, just checking. So, the whole Batwoman thing. My perspective was when they were announced in '52, they said that um, they were going to have they were going to introduce um, a new uh, superpowered not superpowered but costumed lesbian character. And when they announced that, my whole fear was that they were going to turn um, Montoya. Into a costume. Yeah, I just, that's right. I, I was I was terrified at that thought because the character is perfect the way she's been done. That was like the big thing on the internet where everyone thought that was what was going to happen is they were going to turn Montoya into a into a. Well, you like, think maybe yeah. you think maybe <laughs> so, they, I mean, they were this, going? I'm, I'm thrilled because they're not going to muck around with the character. Yeah, I just won't like. read Batwoman. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> well, they, there you've got your your Hispanic lesbian female. So yeah. uh, the the Flash is coming back. Come on. Yeah. Okay, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. I can't wait. The, well, it's about time. He's pretty friggin' slow. Oh, my God. Come on, hurry I up, Flash. That, I just hope they don't screw it up. They actually had... So did, they ever, do, did we ever figure out who it is? Uh, no, but but this is this is funny. They uh, First of all, we will be finding out a little bit more about what happened to Superboy Prime in the, while he was trapped into... He's going to Marvel. And why, yeah. <laughs> ...while he was trapped in the Speed Force. And, uh, and then... Dan DiDio had a comment of uh, uh, the new Flash book will be written by Ta- Paul DeMeo and Danny Bilson. Those are the guys who did the Flash TV series. Uh, when asked who the Flash will be, DiDio offered one statement. Barry Allen is not coming back. Move on. Well, forget it. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm not buying. Thank you. So, I no, hope it's Bart, kind of. I do. You know, I do, too. I think it would what be fitting. What if it's somebody completely new? What if it's Zoom? No, I just said no, that. Someone said that. I said, that'd be garbage. You can't do that. Yeah. I, I, I think Bart is the perfect one. You, you've passed the torch now twice, you know, from Barry to Wally and now to Bart, and you can explore that character, which I think would I, be would I be think, nice. I think you should be a lesbian. Whoever it is. No, the Flash <laughs> is a straight white male, just like me. No. Uh, we we just talked about the question, and uh, it does not appear that there are any plans to bring him into his own series. And Jeff Johns basically said, "Hey, he's in like 26 issues of 52, so just enjoy that." Um, the Green Arrow well, is. Fine. 
Yeah, Green, Green Arrow finally is going to have a regular artist. How long has Phil Hester been off of Green Arrow? For a while, now. A couple years now, really? I think, yeah. That's, I, it, no, wait. No. No, that just ended, didn't it? Yeah. Right before, it, he had a couple issues after they he left. That was he had already penciled. Yeah, didn't big, he? but I, I don't mind. I Scott don't remember. Uh, Steve, are you a Phil Hester fan? Oh yeah, um, I haven't I haven't followed a lot of the stuff he's drawn, but um, the Coffin is still one of my all time favorites. Um, Love that book. You know, trade. Love that book, and I keep promising Sal that I'm going to I'm going to let him borrow it. So I think I'm just going to have to freaking buy him his own copy and send mm-hmm. it to him. Uh, one, you know, what you should pick up if you. If you I just <coughs> read. Um, the new issue of Negative Burn, mm-hmm. and he does a story in that he draw he drew it and wrote it, and it's uh, his art is completely different in it. I mean, it's nothing that you would recognize as Phil Hester. It was interesting to see him, you know, depart from from what he's been doing for all these years and, and, and do something completely different. And, and Sal and I have experienced it firsthand. Once again, not a nicer guy you would ever want to meet. Phil is except Tom. Except for Tom's Tom. a nicer guy, but or Steve, or I'll help or, you. I'll help you carry if you're carrying something heavy. <laughs> I'll help you carry it wherever you're going. Uh, Jay, Phil might not. He's you know. Yeah. Phil. Phil is such a nice guy. No, he uh, was a great guy. Uh, JLA is coming back. Uh, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman are going to be in it, and uh, the rest of the team Who? is undetermined Whoever. as of this point. Whoever, it'll be good. Uh, Flash. JSA. Green Lantern. Uh, JSA is uh, uh, coming back. uh, This is the uh, interesting part of the uh, Mm -hmm. Jeff Johns with Alex Ross Consulting. What does that mean? Yeah, you're a painter. Yeah, I don't know what. What does that mean? I don't get. Steve, Steve, can I consult on your next issue of Athena Voltaire? (laughs) Sure. Okay. I got I got some advice. Monkeys. Monkeys, yes. Yeah. Zombie Nazis. Big robotic monkeys. Lesbian uh-huh. uh, vampire killers. Hispanic. Lesbian monkeys who are Asian. So, well, New World Monkeys. You were almost describing Hellboy because you had zombies, <laughs> yeah. you had monkeys, you had Nazis, this, this and other the... words that end with E's. <laughs> any, yeah, anything Jeez. E or E-Y. Um, <laughs> uh, the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, it's a miniseries followed later. By an ongoing series by Dave Gibbons. Uh, Tom, you're a big Dave Gibbons, Gibbons fan, aren't you? Yeah, I yeah. I liked him except for uh, Rand Thanikar War was really boring. <laughs> 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 but no, I like him, and I think it's going to be cool because um, the stuff since one year later with the Green Lantern Corps has been pretty interesting. So you know, you got any time you get to see Guy Gardner. I used to just hate. I used to just think, God, why did they have? Why did they have a guy who's a dick? And as I got older, I appreciate the fact that they have one that he's guy. A dick. Who's a yeah, dick. you're glad they have a guy that's an asshole. And it an makes asshole. total sense why there's one guy who's an ass. Well, you, you said know? this. I think two weeks ago, you were talking about that book and and how it was really interesting the 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 interaction between him and and Hal. Yeah. And and how as much of a dick as guy is he still had he was like the first guy to really support hal when he came back and and yeah and well i think hal it sort of changed him from he's like that asshole friend you have who's just he's just an ass but like he'd also be like right he'd take a bat to the head for you you know that's yeah i know someone like that who's the producer of the show. <laughs> so he's what? the Guy Gardner dude. Does that make me Kilowog? I'm, I'm the Guy Gardner of around no, you're one of the little blue guys. Uh, I'm an Owen. Um, 
Here, here's something that's pretty cool is this 80-page special. It looks like DC is going to give folks a chance to try out a bunch of the new series by putting them in a in an 80-page sampler. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's going to be a Brave New World, uh, Adam, the new Martian yeah, Manhunter, Omac, Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters, and Trials of, of Shazam. Yeah. So is it is it true Uncle Sam didn't die in the first issue of, of Infinite in Crisis? Face down in a pool of oil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. He's but, a speed but did you guys? Did, yeah, really. Did you guys hear who was supposed to die in Infinite Crisis? Nightwing. What do you Why think about that? They Why not? They they, they wussed out. Yeah. Steve, did you hear that? That they were actually it was in their plan the entire time to actually kill off Nightwing. And see, I can't even imagine um, them having the balls to do that. But they wonder, didn't. I, I wonder whose <laughs> idea. Well, I'd be really interested to see. It. Oh, you whose know, idea it was to do Grant it. Morrison. <laughs> idea, I would be really interested to see it, who it was that, Stopped like, at it. the end yeah, said, said no, you can't, can't do this, you know, like, or what it was, or how it Jump ended Jones. up being that way. It, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It would be bad. I'm so, it, it would be bad if they killed Nightwing. They should have killed off Bruce Wayne and made ooh, Nightwing the new. Wow. Ooh, sorry. Man. Wow. I'm not. I'm not saying that's necessary. Don't ever idea, make Sal man, your EIC. <laughs> He'll walk in. Yeah, Sal's, first, Sal, Sal's first first day on Wipe the job. Out. Kill them all. Well, I mean, no, my like... first act as Lord and Emperor of all comics is um, to kill Cheaper. off Aunt May. She's <laughs> finally dead. bullet to the back of the head. <laughs> no, no, she just falls down and like brain know. aneurysm. I don't know. So that that, that four, forty years uh, postponed heart attack. Of kill them off. Oh, Come on. Peter, Peter finds Aunt May tied up with a ball gag in her mouth. Yeah. Oh, oh. Self-asphyxiation. Strange that went horribly, horribly wrong. Alfred is is <laughs> is a suspect plane. in her. <laughs> no, it would be, no, you're murder. You're, you're, you're crossing. You, it would be Jarvis. Man. Or Jarvis. Yeah, I'm sorry. You have to say Jarvis. something to entice the twelve-year-olds to yeah, keep down. Yeah, no, gonna, you want it. So, so, so it's our gang slash fiction three weeks ago, and now it's Aunt May with a ball gag. I just kill them all. <laughs> I, I see. That's the fallout from from identity crisis. We're just trying to top it. You know, just trying yeah. to top murder, murdering. <laughs> but yeah, killing Nightwing that would have been that would have been huge, and that would have been a hell of a lot better than killing. Superboy? Yeah, whatever his name Which is. Which was Well, see, the weird Connor. thing is, that whole series, you can see the moment when he would have died. Yeah, yeah and, and like, he was supposed yeah. to. And then it was like, hey. He's alive. Well, I mean, they, they talked Wait about, how, they talked about yeah. how rushed that series, that those yeah. last two issues were. Yeah. I think they had that stuff penciled. I think they yeah. had it ready to it go. it looks like he died. And so, someone like had like a strong cup of coffee and said, oh, my God, what are we doing? Ooh. No. Someone woke up and yeah. was like, What? Call no. Perez. We have to redo Bruce it. Bruce Jones slipped someone at Mickey and said, <laughs> "I'm writing Nightwing one year later already. I can't kill him." Um, uh, Supergirl will continue to be in the Legion of yeah, Superheroes. That was an amazing. You know, I met Bruce Jones last year at a Wizard World. I got to say, that was an amazing impersonation. <laughs> he sounds just like, like that. that. He's just like he's on loots. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, you know, uh, can't. This is Bruce Jones. Uh, no, all right, all right. So, Super, you lost the match. Su- Supergirl is going to be uh, Legion of Superheroes as long as people buy it. So uh, sweet. Buy uh, Legion of Superheroes with this great book. I that, love it. Well, that'll make our, our buddy Vince B very happy because that's one of his all-time favorites. Uh, Matt Wagner. This will make uh, David Price happy. Matt Wagner is uh, going to uh, have a follow-up to Batman and the Monster Man called Batman and the Mad Monk. So nice. it's all going to be M's. Monster yeah. Man, Mad Monk. Mickey Malignant. Mouse. I think he's doing Batman and Mickey, Batman. Malignant. Mickey Mouse. Monsieur Mala. 
Monster Mala versus Monster Mala. Uh, more Batman news. Uh, Batman and Son by Grant Morrison and Andy Kubert. Uh, oh, buying Batman. Hey, I got to tell you, I saw, I saw some preview. I don't know. Oh, they've been out there a little while now, but some of the best Kubert stuff I've ever seen him do. Steve, have you seen those preview pages? No, I haven't. Absolutely freaking blow your mind amazing and i'm that is not hyperbole that is not me building up something that's really not that i mean this stuff is freaking amazing yeah it was great and with morrison writing it best joker i've ever seen yeah i morrison it was just all right a great joker oh yeah it, it, it go check out the preview pages I, i'm sure we still have them at around well no they weren't officially released somebody somebody on another message board like mm-hmm. scanned them in from they got a hold of it somehow and scanned them in. That's and blessed their heart and because I didn't I'm post so them, freaking excited about but that. But there was like seven pages, somebody, and they just looked freaking awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was... It, it's Andy Kubert is like on steroids yeah, or yeah. something. He's all jacked up. <laughs> well, I mean, if they're reprinting Son of the Demon, I'd just love to see DC um, throw some, uh, some work towards Mike W. Barr. Oh, I agree. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this is coming uh, right out of events from Son of the Demon, so... Uh, that it says that they're it's being reprinted. I haven't seen a, a release date on those, but uh, it's like five ninety nine. It's coming out, I think around. Uh, right, probably probably, around. probably the month before that. Um, I need to try to sell my hardcovers on eBay right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before they dip in price. Uh, more Brian K. Vaughn news. He's doing Doctor Strange, but he's also doing. Uh, it looks like a mini called Pride of Baghdad. It's about a family of lions that uh, escaped during the U.S. invasion. So uh, as political as Brian K. Vaughn's work can be, you know, ex machina, whatnot, uh, it's going to be interesting. I'll, you know, I'll pick it up. It's Vaughn. It's He's political, but he's not, I mean, he doesn't. It's not in your. Well, well no, he, doesn't, is, he yeah. doesn't take a stance. He yeah. examines yeah. situations and and. and He'll give it both sides. He, yeah, he get, and he does a really good... I mean, if you read Ex Machina, it's, yeah. I love he, that about that book. The art in Pride of Baghdad just looks beautiful. I think it's... Isn't it a hardcover OGN? Well, you're, 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 you have better news than the newsman. I have you're not, the new uh, newsman. You are the new newsman. Uh, be here every Friday at 7. Sorry. <laughs> uh, now I'm just a dick. <laughs> yeah. Th- hey, thanks no, a lot, Steve. No. You got Steve. any other corrections for the news? Or don't worry. Else don't worry, Steve. You? you were a dick before. Okay, well, it's good to know. I'm, I'm consistent. Got any grammar corrections? Or... How's my hair? <laughs> um, you need to do some with the sides. Nice. Yeah, they're great. I have no hair, basically. Um, regular DMZ artist uh, Ricardo Buccelli, if you, if that's how you say it, um, slowed down by an eye condition, which it, it sucks because I love the art in DMZ. So really, uh, hope that he has a a quick return. But we're actually going to see Brian Wood uh, pencil DMZ. So yeah, huh, cool. Yeah, uh, I haven't. I mean. I, I love Brian Wood's stuff, but never I haven't seen, him, seen him pen. Yeah. I've seen him do some stuff. He does some covers, and uh. but I haven't seen any actual sequential stuff. I don't know if he has done much or, or what he's done. He, I'm sure he's done something at some point. You know, if I, it's I'm Brian Wood, I, I don't care. I'm gonna he's buy just it. So talented I'm gonna, uh, and um, Steve, I hate you, him. <laughs> yeah, have you been keeping up, have you been keeping up with the Brian Wood titles, DMZ and local and supermarket? I picked up the the first DMZ trade, but I haven't read it yet. Oh, so good. Uh, d- it, Pick up local, such a good book and uh, supermarket. I mean, I- anything this guy does right now is is just 
there's the Brian Wood appreciation there, moment yeah. for the week. Uh, we, the check oh. will be coming in. <clears throat> yes. Um, and, he, and he has integrity. He won't work. I guess he's been getting plenty of offers to do mainstream stuff, and he doesn't want to do it. Good. So good. It's I. I it's pretty I, interesting. I don't want to see him pulled away from what he creatively wants to to do because I I love it all. Okay, our our last in Woo! all these announcements. Uh, really, gosh. So, uh, apologies to all the amazing other publishers that send us news like Boom and and Image and and Ape and all those guys. Um, uh, we will we will focus on on more alternative stories next week but it was just a big big news week for uh, mainstream uh 100 bullets and why the last man have not officially um had their uh end runs announced but it, it is looking like 100 bullets is going to end at issue 100 which we've kind of speculated from almost the beginning and uh why the last man is looking like number 60 and i think it's on number 46 came out this last week so 14 more issues of Brian K. Vaughn goodness. I'm reading it in trade, so... Yeah, me too, so I... What does it mean anything now? <laughs> new story. What, what'd you have there, Steve? Oh, I'm, I'm reading both series in trade, so... Yeah, actually, I am too. I, 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 have I, am, like the, the I am the only one on the panel that, that can't shed the, the monthlies on those because I, I love them so much. I, if any, if anyone's them. interested, I have a whole stack full of Hundred bullets. bullets, single <laughs> issues that I'm looking to sell for the trades because I've got the entire series one to to whatever they're on, and I that one I probably I'm so bad because I, I probably should get in a trade because I usually will collect them and read them as they come out. You and can't then, read a month a month. It's yeah, like, it's too complex. It's too. Then I go back and I read them as an arc. But why the last man? I I have to read it every month because eh, it's okay. He is the best best cliffhanger <laughs> guy out there. It, it, the cliffhangers in Y are the best. So, but Vertigo does such a good job with with their trades that I know that those are going to be in trade. So I'll I'll support them then and. You know, my smaller indie books that I'm not sure if they're going to make it to a trade, mm-hmm. I tend to, to go with individual issues on. And yeah, Ver- Vertigo Vertigo better. is is way better about their trade schedule than, than the parent company. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's uh, and, D- DC stuff you can wait for ever. And yeah. Brian like K. Vaughn. Yeah, you know, we've talked about it before. We talked to uh, Ed Brubaker and, and Michael Lark last year at Wizard World, and part of the reason they factored into their decision to go to Marvel was how bad DC was dragging their feet on the Gotham Central trades. They really felt like they hung that series out to dry by not releasing it in trades and then canning it. So, And know. back to why the last man, I just want to say, Brian K. Vaughn had you know, lesbian heroes before they were you know, popular. Hey, hey, Strangers in Paradise, pal. <laughs> All right. They weren't exactly so, heroes. Oh, yeah. Hey, Gotta go back to Maggie and Hope. Yeah, Storms yeah. by isn't Maggie she? and Hope. Oh God, <laughs> you guys. All right, that that's our that's these our, mainstream guys don't even know who Maggie and Hope always is. Always behind the man, curve. Um, Sandra and Jill and, and Boo. I thought like Lucy from Stop. Charlie Brown. Stop. She she really now we're gonna get into our gang slash fiction. Here it comes. It's a woman. All right, that's your news. What's uh um. Let's go over to top of the stack. Top, top of the top stack. Of the stack, the stack, the stack. 
That's right, it's top of the stack. It's our chance to let you, the listener, know what our panel has been reading for the last week. So our first top of the stack today will be Mr. Tom Caters. Uh, my top of the stack is... <laughs> I thought Sal was going first, so that's why I just went... Oh. Uh, yeah, mine is the uh, Max Immortal by... It's a graphic novel by Rick Beach, and it is... One of the most thought-provoking things I've read. I finished it on the train, like about five minutes in my train ride home the other day, and I sat the rest of the train ride trying to figure out what it meant, which wasn't a bad thing. Um, if you like an ending that makes complete sense and wraps up nicely, this probably won't be the type of book that you want. Uh, it's sort of a take on the whole Superman mythology and how it ties into the idea of Superman, like how that same sort of germ in our minds that has people create superheroes also sort of allows us to create horrible things like nuclear bombs and weapons and how it makes us delusional. So it's a real nice tie-in of all these really actually deep sort of ideas. Um, it follows a, a very sort of Cavalier and Clay-ish type storyline, but it came out four years before Cavalier and Clay. So it's definitely not a rip-off about... Um, two comics creators that create a character called True Man, who also happens to be an actual hidden being in that the U.S. government uses instead of a nuclear bomb. It, it's like a, a huge lie. It's a secret weapon. It's a secret weapon, and they somehow are receiving images of this True Man like through sort of like almost dreamlike state, and it sort of explores all these things and the one huge weakness that true man has is like human feces oh, like God. yeah so it's, it's it's pretty graphic wow and it's black and white and uh it's it's interesting you'll definitely i'm you'll not have sure to what th- that says you'll have yeah. to think about it it this is not like i've thought about it feces. a lot and i have a theory about what that means what the human feces yeah mean, because uh, i don't want to ruin the end for you that they call yeah it i want to read it i mean you've got crap tonight <laughs> nice but uh it sort of ties into the whole idea of like the worst qualities in man sort of produce the best things and the worst things and how that all it's a thinker's book it's a thinker's book yeah you've got me sold very it's very wordy it takes a, a while to read it's oh forget it of, then uh, my um, local. manager of my local comic shop told me about it. Yeah, the sun shines on a dog's ass every yeah. once in a while. I got a watch, he broken watch suggest, that works he twice. He also tried to get me to buy all the back issues of Cable Deadpool. Oh, well. <laughs> so. There you go. Hey, he's, he's you know, fatting 500. Yeah, no, no. All right. Mr. Bryant, what is your top of the stack this week? Actually, I probably have the most mainstream top of the stack. Athena Voltaire? Um, I, I had planned on Five Sister Science. Because I knew we were going to be doing, you know, top of the stack, but ooh, do it, do that one, do that one. <laughs> no, sorry, what was it? My my shop didn't get it in yet. I had pre-ordered oh. it and it hasn't shown up, so I'm going to go with Wonder Woman number one. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, and I should probably preface this by by outing myself and saying I did not read Infinite Crisis. I I'm the one comic reader that did not get the series. That's all right. Um, we still like you. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Um, and, uh, so yeah, Wonder Woman, uh, number one by Alan Heinberg, who I think was doing Young Avengers. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first season Rachel of the OC. Dodson, who, among other things, did the, uh, Black Cat series with, with Kevin Smith. And it was colored by Alex Sinclair, who probably is best known to me as, uh, coloring, uh, Brent Anderson on Astro City. And, like
like I said, I did not read uh, Infinite Crisis, and this story was completely accessible to me. Um, it's everything a first issue of a superhero book should be. It's compelling characters. It's a good starting point. The artwork is, is lush, wonderful storytelling. Uh, the colors are bright and vibrant, and it hooked me. I was not familiar at all with uh, Alan Heinberg's work, but I may even check out some, some Young Avengers because it's, it's just a really good, entertaining read. Yeah, that's Young Avengers. It is a just a fun read. It's uh, Heinberg seems to grasp the whole superhero concept and be able to boil it down into what is a a fun, very approachable book. So I have Wonder Woman number one. Also, uh, have not read it yet. It's it's probably too down wait, in my stack. Wait a minute, so. you didn't read any of Greg Rucka's Wonder Woman, but you pick up this new issue. What is that? Greg Rucka, as Mr. Greg Rucka fan number one, it's number one. you should be ashamed of yourself, my It's a number one issue, They hooked though. you with the number one issue. You get, <laughs> it's, you're going to put it away in Mylar? and It's pretty. You it's bronze, Traitor. Darling. I'm sending an email to Greg Rucka. No, I'm waiting for it in the trade. Dearest Greg. <laughs> Dearest Mr. Rucka. So, Steve, did you have anything else to say about Wonder Woman? No, um, I just, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a great read. Mm-hmm. Uh, wonderful artwork, and I, I don't want to spoil anything, so it's, it's just a good starting point. Go in there with, with no expectations, no understanding, and they'll give you a fun ride. Um, Sal, what is your top of the stack? I had a really tough uh, time picking one this week because I, I had three or four books that I really, really enjoyed um, uh, being punished. The new Punisher book, the new Detective, Bat, uh, Detective Comics book, which I think is some of the best Superman, or uh, best Batman stuff that I've seen in a long time. Uh, the new Walking Dead was phenomenal. Uh, Civil War Frontline was great. But the book I picked um, is is a smaller book from Image Comics called The Emissary. Um, and it's called Jim Valentino's The Emissary. I'm not sure why, because I don't know what he had to do with it. But anyway, uh, The Emissary is about um, kind of questioning what would happen if a guy... One day in the middle of the afternoon, walked into Times Square, took off his jacket, and flew up into the air, uh, claiming to be an emissary, bringing the world into the future and, and giving them some message. Um, as you would probably expect, the world freaks. Uh, people panic. Um, you know, news stations rush to try and get the story. The military attacks. And the whole time you're sort of asking who or what is the emissary. Um this is done, uh, written by Jason Rand, art by Juan Ferreira, and you may be familiar with their other book uh, from Image called Small Gods. Oh, nice. um, which I, I'm a big fan of that book. And what I like about it so much is they have a a, a very uh, good ability to sort of put you in a uh, the feeling of of you're experiencing a real world and what happens when extraordinary things happen to everyday people. They did that in Small Gods a lot, um, and they've continued to do that in this book, where you, from the very beginning you get the, the, the sense that this is a very tangible, real-world uh, story, and then this amazing thing happens that you know you don't see in everyday life, and how do people react to it? Um, the first issue, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't answer any questions. All it does is ask questions and makes you ask questions. Um, which is tough because it's a first issue and they have to try and set everything up and, and give you a hook and a reason to come back, and they did that. Um, I think one of the things that I'm going to look at um, 
in, in the future of this book and what I'm most interested in is that the emissary happens to also be black. And I'm wondering how much of that is going to play out in the future of the series. If that was, a, I assume, a conscious decision, I, 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 I imagine it's probably not just an aesthetic choice as opposed to it somehow going to play out because this character in, in, the, in this first issue, you get the sense that people may be looking at him as some sort of messiah or the return of Jesus, but how would people react if Jesus was black? Well, I know how Chris Rock reacted in Dogma. Um, <laughs> anyway, so it, it, uh, yeah, thanks for that. Um, the art is is extremely good. Uh, Juan Ferreira's stuff. He has a, a, a very good attention to detail. He does great backgrounds, and it just adds to the the tangible feeling of of, of realness in this story because. His facial expressions, his clothing is extremely good. The backgrounds are extremely good. But then he's also really good at, you know, giving you the scene that is explosive or powerful or, you know, extraordinary. So uh, the only issue I may have had with it, I thought dialogue-wise there were some problems, um, but nothing major that, you know, should Well, you're, you're a dialogue you. junkie. Yeah, like I am. Me, so... so. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed it, and I'm, I'm very interested to see uh, where it's going to go. So that's my top of the stack. Very good. I thought it was like a Star Trek DS9 issue. I don't know what that is. Because the uh, who, who was the guy that played uh, Cisco on... Uh... You're looking at the wrong guy. <laughs> oh, sorry, gosh. Geek. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just into comics, man. But it, it, look, it, looks like a, it looks like Cisco from... From uh from Star Trek Deep, Deep Space Nine, who was also the emissary, and I was like, is that a Star Trek book? So oh, I, I yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the only thing that, that that was a little off putting from it mm-hmm. also was that he does show up in a superhero esque kind of costume. It's like a red and black leather, mm-hmm. and I almost would have preferred if he was just wearing like a, a pair guy. of jeans yeah. and a t-shirt. Superboy esque, like Superboy. Um, jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah, something like that, but maybe not with a big red S on the. Yeah. Uh, but, but otherwise, I thought it, it was it was really interesting. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. Um, here's my top of the stack slash rant um, this week. And, it, and it, no, it's it's not a rant. It's a plea. Uh, I told Tom on my way in that, Tom, I'm, I'm going to lay down my queen and country cross for a while. <laughs> and it's, pick uh, up the exterminators one? I'm, I'm picking up the... I will the, hope you carry that cross. It's I, two people carrying the cross, three people with, with I'm, Sal. I'm right there with you guys. It's, it, it's time, uh, listeners out there, it's time to pick up the exterminators cross. This is uh, this is a truly spectacular book, and I'm I'm not I'm not saying this to, to build it up into something it's not. This is a great book. It is written by Simon Oliver. It has art by Tony Moore, and uh, Andy Parks is doing inks, which that's another just amazing talent. And yeah, Andy. Oh, Park, God, I didn't even know that. Yeah, Andy Parks is doing doing. He's inks always on been it. doing the inks on. Uh, I don't know if he's always been doing them, but he's doing them now. Oh, and wow. so you know that's a name. Just for that reason, Andy Parks is such a good guy. You should get this book. Exter- We've talked about this. God, maybe every episode there's an Exterminators reference. It's made top of the stack like three or four times. It is. Uh, it everyone's is, picked it at one point or another. It is fun. It is creepy. It is so very well layered in its storytelling. There's multiple story arcs going on. The dialogue is crisp. It is. It is so well told. 
Tony Moore's art, it, it, if Tony Moore isn't my favorite artist, I don't know if I could name another one that I like right Rob now. Rob Leefield. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Exterminators is an amazing series put out by Vertigo, and it is the lowest-selling, non-canceled book that DC puts out. It is selling about 11,000 copies an issue, and that is wrong. I'm, I'm point blank, that's wrong. This book is one of, in my opinion, the best titles out there today. It, it is so good that Sal told me that Tony Moore posted on his MySpace account. You told me about this. T- go ahead. <laughs> it's your story. Um, yeah, he, he had, uh, well, first I wanted to preface it by saying I remember when we talked to, or maybe it was an interview, Rick Remender was talking mm-hmm. this book up before it came out. And he said he pleaded with people to buy it because he you know, Tony was a friend of his and he felt that Tony was really putting everything he had into the art of this book. And I completely agree. I think it's the best work he's ever done. Mm-hmm. It's just phenomenal looking. But <clears throat> uh, recently, because of, of the, the low sales, Tony posted on his MySpace page uh, that he knew people weren't buying it, but he wanted people to read it because he really was putting a lot into it. So he posted links to a torrent BitTorrent site, site yeah. with the first five issues on there. And he said, you know what, I don't care. It, it, you know, the thousand, thousand people that may download it that didn't buy it, at least they're reading it. Yeah. And, and that, I think, says a lot. From it shows a guy, you, you know, how much that. he cares about this. I think a lot of people got turned off to this book because they thought it was just like a creepy horror book. It's about bugs, but it's not about bugs. Bugs are in it. It's about a pest control company, but it is, it's about government conspiracy and... You know what? It, it's a buddy book. It, and it felt to me like some of the best of like Outer Limits or Twilight Zone episodes. It, you know where it was the on the on the surface it was about you know these creatures these bugs, mm-hmm. but underneath that there was so much more to it, and and that's sort of what it reminded it, me it, of. It's a character book. It's like Walking Dead. Walking Dead is not a book about zombies. Walking Dead is a book about people that are in a world filled with zombies. Exterminators is a fantastic character book that these characters are just in a very, very strange. odd, strange, <laughs> strange situation. It, and, and I'm not saying that it's a normal... I mean, yeah, it's creepy, and it's... I mean, there's some really gross parts in it, yeah. but they're funny gross parts. It, I'm pleading with you, if you have not checked out The Exterminators, issue number six is out. It starts a new story arc. You can pick it up and, and get going on it. They're going to release, I believe, the first five issues as a trade. Yeah. Don't wait. If they have them at your comic shop, pick them up. If you can still order them, if you're an online and you can still get them through Diamond, order them. The Exterminators is a brilliant, brilliant, fantastic book that deserves to stay alive. And at 11,000 copies an issue, it's not going to. So please pick up Exterminators, and that's 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 all I have to say yeah, about do, it. Yeah, do yourself a favor, put down that extra variant cover, you know, whatever, and and pick up pick up an issue of Exterminators. No pencil sketches. Yeah, <laughs> it's please. just a, it is. It, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it, it's just an extremely good book that should. be And if selling you do, better. email us and let us know what you think about it. If you if you hate it, let us know because. 
I'll, because we'll call you stupid. <laughs> we, won't no, we won't call you stupid. Call you stupid. But I, I, if you pick this up and you don't like it, I want to know why because I can't understand why anyone wouldn't like this book. So anyway, that, I'm, I'm going to step off the soapbox and Exterminators number six came out this previous week. It is a wonderful book. Please pick it up. If your local comic shop has past issues, grab them, email us, let us know what you think of it, and in, enjoy it because it's awesome. So anyway, that's top of the stack. Okay, let's uh, spend a couple minutes with our guest O honor today. Um, Steve, you know, every, if you listen to a podcast out there, you've heard about Athena Voltaire. We've talked about it. Uh, we've actually been amazed at how many other creators we talk to that say, oh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. We had Matt Fraction on a couple weeks ago, and he had really kind things to say about it. Um, Tell us a little bit about Athena and when we're going to be able to see more of her amazing adventures. Well, first of all, I, I just have to say, don't you hate it when you get, you know, talking to a creator at a con or at a podcast and you say, what's your book about? And they ramble on for like 10 minutes. That's what you're getting ready to do, aren't you? Nope. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, Indiana Jones starring a uh, James Cameron style female pilot. That, that's the high concept that we sold it on. It's, um, 1930s adventure with, you know, Nazi occultism and uh, a kick-ass babe at the helm taking on the Nazis and occult menaces. So that's, that's the long and short of it. It's, it's just fun. Now, if you want a little more involved answer, uh, we're doing a four-issue miniseries coming out from Ape Entertainment. Uh, it's in the most recent previews. Uh, order code JUN062854. Pre-order, pre-order, pre-order. Yeah, well, um, actually, uh, to go on my little soapbox here, um, if you want to check out the book, we have the first 22 pages uh, posted at athenavoltaire.com slash preview.html. Or just go to Athena Voltaire and you'll see the, the link for, uh, for the preview. Get the first 22 pages. I can tell you right now, if you read the first 22 pages and like it, just add it to your poll list because that gives you a really good idea of where we're going to go. Yeah. If you read it, the first 22 pages and say, well, I'll have to pick it up and look at it, you're probably not going to like the book, so you don't need to worry about seeking it out. I mean, uh, th that's the long and short of it. It's, um, you, can, you can read essentially a whole issue's worth of content, and if you like it, please, by all means, uh, pre-order it. But... Um, you might not. It, you know, and it's uh, I've so read it's it. Unsold it there. I, I like it. It's a it's a fun book, and you know, you can tell when a creator really pours themselves into something, and and you guys have have pretty much put everything you've got into this book. It's when when was Athena's you know origin point? How long have you been with this character now? Okay, she, she's an old friend. Well, it was uh, an idea of something. Um, I just kind of eventually came up with what would be my dream project to work on, and I shelved it um, when I tried to start breaking in. Um, I think I started slapping portfolios around in 99 or 2000, and I always thought, you know, once I break in, this will be the thing I'll come back to when I'm good enough. Um, a couple of years of, of carrying my portfolio around and hearing answers like, you know, you're this close, or <laughs> if this were 10 years ago, I could give you work, yeah. or you're 85% there, you know, all <laughs> these other types of things that 
you know, edit, editors don't owe people in portfolio lines any work. Yeah. You know, and an editor's job is to get the books out on time. And there are so many talented, dependable people that already have, you know, jobs or need jobs. My answer was to kind of go, well, what can I do that nobody else is doing? And I went back to my dream project, and I probably wasn't ready for it when I started it, but, you know, I've been doing it for a couple of years, and I think we're kind of getting a handle on it. So, yeah, you know, it's just pouring in all the, all the stuff that we love to do. Well, you guys jump in there and do it. Uh, you are going to have the uh, the re-release because it's uh, going to actually be issue one and two. Uh, issue one from uh, Speakeasy is being wrapped into the Ape Entertainment release. Is that yes. correct? Yes. And that is, uh, you guys are going to debut that at San Diego? Um, I hope we're going to have copies in place for San Diego. The big concern is um, I really don't want to sell something that retailers don't have a chance to have. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, you know, I've been going to conventions for three years promoting the damn webcomic and just giving out postcards and free stuff, and it would be really nice to be able to sell a book. Go sell it. Go <laughs> so, sell it. Sell you know, it. We, we don't want to uh, offend any retailers, so if, if we have it in time for San Diego, I'm not sure what we'll do. You're not going to offend our retailers in Chicago, so go sell it. Okay. <laughs> uh, with you, Mark. <laughs> You're around. You're off, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Wizard World Chicago is uh, two weeks after San Diego, and then I believe that we're going to have you in store and in studio for uh, a little book signing and uh, and another appearance on the show. Is that uh, kind of what we're looking at at this point? Yeah, that sounds great. Awesome. We'll have to we'll get you up in the shop and we'll uh, get some more people turned on to the book. I, we'll hang out with you at uh, at Wizard World and uh, and uh, probably get into some uh, some trouble there. So we're looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, keep us updated on on what's going on. We're looking forward to uh, to the the re-release of it. Well, I I appreciate the fact that you guys have uh, you know supported us and pimped us between you guys and uh, and the Comic Geek Speak podcast. I feel like for a while there. You know, we were a drinking game. <laughs> you know, a podcast mentioned the book. I felt like somebody had to chug. Uh, you you can talk about you know a million established people and creators and and entertainment outlets. Those folks don't need it. Um, they spend a lot of time and effort and have paid their dues to get where they are. But you guys are working extra hard to get a product out there and we love the fact that we can talk about your book and maybe turn one or two or ten or twenty five people onto the book and if we can do that 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 that's our whole goal with this podcast is to try and and get people to read books like Athena Voltaire and Exterminators and Queen and Country and The Flash. <laughs> yeah, you need to get that quick. <laughs> you know, from from my perspective Every one or ten or twenty-five readers that, that help out the book, um, yeah, those numbers are huge. Um, because uh, I feel really badly, and let me let me just kind of go into my my mea culpa here real quick. I feel really badly that uh, we're reissuing essentially the Speakeasy first issue with the second, you know, the unreleased second issue folded in, but. Um, why do you feel bad? I mean, I think it was a great idea to, 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 I mean, to support people that may have been following it or were expecting it 
I mean, I don't think you have we, anything we, to we, apologize for. I we think. never got our paper copies of the Speakeasy, so damn it, I want that first issue. Okay, so well, don't yeah. feel bad. And well, that's good. I, but I feel bad for the people that bought it once that you know may feel like you know they're being gouged for having to buy it a second. For a time. buck and a half, screw them. Well, and <laughs> you know my angle on this is also um, there's not a lot of money in indie books. Um, first of all, we're probably not going to see any money from the Speakeasy book. And I doubt, um, you know, with the print numbers of, of indie stuff, that, you know, I'll be making more than a buck an hour for the time I put in. <laughs> oh, sure. So, you know, we're not doing this for, for money, I guess is what I'm getting at. We are doing this because we want to be able to, to do a book that will at least pay for itself and, you know, hopefully try to establish some kind of career and, and readership. Well, I, I, I think it will. I think that... You guys have come in at a at a nice time where um, it's it's been an interesting marriage between your book and some other podcasts out there, and I think that it's going to drum up some some interest in it. And we definitely have our shop excited about it. And uh, I know that the north side of Chicago is going to treat Athena very well, so we are looking forward to it. Thank so. you. Um, and one last thing for me to mm-hmm. just kind of clarify, I'm I'm just really excited to be. Uh, Ape is a really good place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you know they've got a nice, diverse line of, of books, and you know they get really excited about about the stuff they're putting out. Uh, the Black Coat, Horrorwood, UTF, Sullen Gray—they're all they're all different books with their own identity, and it's it's just nice to be a part of that. The Black Coat is an awesome book. Oh, it is. <laughs> Francesca's art. Just it's up. it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. So. It's uh and, and and we love ape because well they're they're apes or Tom loves ape. Love anything involving apes. <laughs> well, go, you know, going going back to you know what we were we were saying a little bit ago, you know, in regards to we like to talk about smaller books and independent books and and try and turn people on, you know, and and, and your situation in particular, I mean, you've been through not only you know sort of the normal hardships of trying to get your own book published but i mean you, you know what you guys went through with that book and with speakeasy is, is a little bit above and beyond you know what was necessary i think so you know it, it for us to try and help you out in any way is is you know a pleasure to to because i think it's a testament to you guys that you stuck with it i mean i think a lot of people would have maybe just said forget it you know, when that happened and, and given up or, or gone, tried to go on to something else. But, you know, you guys believed in it and, and stuck with it. And, it. and it's good to see that you landed on, on your feet with Ape and and, uh, and hopefully, you know, nothing but good things from, from here on out. And, and the uh, the worst is behind you. Thanks, man. I hope so. I, it never really occurred to me that we could stop. So I, I don't know <laughs> that's, if that's uh, you can tell. or if that's just stupidity. Well, I mean, it, you, you can tell. It's a, you, you know, I we've talked about it before. It's like, you know, how did these guys keep going on? And uh, it's neat that you say that that uh, stopping was never, never an option. So, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> too, too stupid to quit. Um, too many blows to the head. <laughs> well, guys, uh, I think that's gonna that's gonna wrap up uh, another episode of Around Comics. Do we have? Uh, we have any other announcements? I think we, we bumped the announcements to the to the top of the episode because we, we figured that we were wearing people out by the end. Um, I did want to mention uh, I did re- put top of the stack back on the website so you can go back and it's actually up to date. 
You can go back and look at all the top of the stack stuff that we've done over the last 24 episodes. Um, so that's back on the site. Uh, oh, haikus. Oh, we were gonna we were gonna read a couple of haikus. Really? That we, we, we've Fall had tr- I, we've Fall had out. a tremendous um, response to our haiku contest, and <laughs> uh, Steve actually entered at the beginning of the show. But I just wanted to read a couple that people have emailed us, um, and most of these um, are people that. Uh, we haven't had on the forum at all people that don't post on the forum. And we're going to read all of the haikus <laughs> as they come in. Um, this one is by uh, Matthew from uh, Plosheville, Louisiana. P L A U C H E V I L L E. And he said, uh, <clears throat> Coming together for DC, Marvel, Indie, and Here Begins Debate. Nice. So that was, I like that. That was Matthew. Haiku. <laughs> um. John Hook. His, oh, I love John Hook. John Hook's entry was... He, uh, uh, he writes uh, Revere. Revere? Uh, uh, Steve. Alias. Help me, Help me out. What? For Alias? Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, no kidding. Yes. Oh, well, he entered our, our contest. And he's and... a huge Queen and Country fan. All right, well. He said, uh, small press comics fan, spank my bear red baboon ass, my name is John Hook. <laughs> There, John. <laughs> <laughs> I'm counting along with all these because if someone doesn't do it correct, I will immediately call them out. Um, paper cut, you know who who is he's going to send like a hundred. Yeah, if you've been on the forum, he's you know you know his posts are are novels. Legendary. And yeah, I mean they're fantastic. The guy has and he's he's actually started to write a column for us now. Mm-hmm. He has his first one up and and he has a lot to say and he's a very bright guy. He sent in like thirty of them. Um, I've already, so just made one I'm just I, I'm gonna read <laughs> I'm gonna read a couple. The first one here is uh, Xavier calls. We must save those who hate us, and the dream lives on. Nice. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> let's see uh, another one. Poor Alex Luthor. Lesson learned by masterminds. Let the Joker play. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, paper cut. I I have one for him. Uh huh. Paper cut, please stop. <laughs> no. Do you have too much free time? Please get a girlfriend. I just made that the, up right the, now. The, now. I don't know if you have one or not. You, it was just a joke. The opinions of Tom Caters are not <laughs> representative. Pa- paper cut is like an honorable uh, addition to the panel. We, we love paper cut. No, I was counting ready. along with you, Tom, and you did play it by the rules. Thank you. I, you. The whole time you was reading, I'm just sitting there going, please get... Uh, here's one uh here's one from ed mayer of uh uh, illinois he's from illinois Mm -hmm. he said uh around comics podcast is best robots and monkeys in the spotlight here tom caters has great taste (laughs) we have a winner (laughs) wait a minute wait a minute tom caters has great taste tom caters has great taste that's That's six that's only six oh no uh-oh. Ed, are you too oh. stupid to count some of us? <laughs> That's six, buddy. Oh, Ed, I'm sorry. Buddy. Oh, sorry, Ed. we, oh. It was so close. Uh, I think I could change it. Please continue to, to I listen. could change it so it'll work. Tom Caters has crappy taste. That, that one works. Tom Ooh. Caters has crappy taste. What is that, eight now? I don't know. Anyway. Um, has crappy taste. That's seven. So that's, that's most of them. Like I said, okay. pa- paper cuts sent in a bunch, but I'm not going to read them all here. He, <laughs> 
right, get back Keep to writing your column. So those, boy. Are some, those are some of the email haiku entries, and we've had a bunch on the forum. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you, fun. You can it's go there and contest. read. I but only pick I just, on Paper Cup because there's a lot of haiku. The guy, <laughs> man, he he can type. Oh, I'll tell you that. Right. Okay. Uh, around comics, and, uh, and well, I'm getting close to actually not having to read this announcement anymore. We'll change it to a Steve Bryant's announcement here pretty soon. But Around Comics and Dark Tower are Is pleased to announce. That Michael Berry and Joe Bucco, <laughs> the creators of Werewolves, Call of the Wild, will be that, in Chris? store and in studio on Friday, June 30th, for a book signing and guest appearance on so the show. Are they going to stick around? It's, yes. We should work on making it more natural next week. <laughs> Check out their book at cotwcomic.com. And listen to Around Comics oh, for more information oh. on the appearance. Please check out uh, Werewolves Call of the Wild. Oh. Very good book. Um, uh, they're going to be here in Werewolves. the month. Werewolves. <laughs> Werewolves. In London. That is All right. I would like to thank everyone perfect. on the panel. Tom, it was so good to have you back. These nice guys, to be back. These guys were beating the crap out of me you, the last Tom. week. It's all right. The last episode was okay. You can't. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It was good. I only listen to it when I'm not on because... When you've already sat through like two and a half hours of talking, the last thing you want to do is spend another two and a half yeah, hours listening like to what listening you said. To Tell me that. about it. I do it every <laughs> weekend. Uh, uh, Sal, as always, thank you for the amazing job that you do listening to the show three times and mixing and editing and producing. He is truly my Just partner in crime and the producer of the show. So thank there. you, Sal. Thank you. You're sure, welcome. Uh, and uh, and our guest of honor, Mr. Bryant. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to have you back real soon. We already have that set up. And best of best of best of luck getting uh, Athena relaunched and uh, and off to a tremendous start at, uh, at Ape Entertainment. Thanks for letting me play along. And just, I don't know, thanks for promoting the book. Keep hey. on trucking. <laughs> right back at the bar. Yeah. More lesbian zombie killing uh, Asian women, though. And you got you got a Nazis. Then you're gonna get that Eisner, buddy. Uh, I tell you, no, the Eisner board likes nothing do we have, more. Do we have an explicit tag yet? Do you think? Because I Tom's I getting ready to get us one. I don't want to make his, the last minute have an explicit tag. Tom, Tom sees it, sees the card at the edge of the cliff, and says, oh, "If I just Lord. touch it right yeah. here, it'll go over." I'll save it. Okay. Email me, and I'll tell you guys the joke I just thought of. <laughs> Tom Tom Caters Tom at <laughs> All right. Well, Steve, once again, thank you very much. Um, everyone, have a fantastic week. We will be back again next Monday with another full-length episode. In the meantime, we will be everywhere in and, and around, around comics. comics. <laughs> would like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com, or visit the contact us section of our website. For that, and the latest in comics news and opinions, go to www.aroundcomics.com. Music for this show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next week. Where the panel will change, but our mission stays the same. Bringing you the best in discussion, news, and reviews in and around comics. <laughs>